Hi, my name is Shane Smith, and you are currently listening to episode 43 of the Organic Poison Podcast. I'd like to start by saying thank you for tuning in to this episode featuring Zach Case, a musician from Mississippi, an all-around interesting person to have a conversation with, actually. Throughout the episode, there are some uh, pretty sketchy sounds, and you know, the audio kind of has this thing where it decides to act up, but that's what you do, and that's what you get when you barely know what the fuck you're doing. Nonetheless, here we are, only seven episodes away from episode 50. interested in supporting this podcast, please contact me at organicpoisonmedia at gmail.com or you can send donation to paypal.com slash Shane Izzo or cash app organic poison p-o-i-s-n no o at the end of poison Oh, the song here is by It's J-Rad from Macomb, Mississippi. A wizard, a super producer, a legend. Straight out of the 396. Enjoy. going on guys this is shane o and this you are listening to right now is the organic poison podcast sickest in the south today's guest is a guy that i've known for quite some time i actually couldn't tell you when the first time we met was but i guarantee you it had something to do with music I can't uh, do. he has a he has a very gnarly beard and he's bald and he's been that way for as long as i can remember zach case hello <laughs> No, Shane, I remember, I was thinking about that earlier. I was like, man, when did I meet this guy? And uh, it was at the Western Truck Stop. No doubt. <laughs> uh, we shared a show, actually. It was Bloodstone and Shaken. Oh, that definitely makes sense. I don't remember uh, I don't remember the lineup as far as who played when. Sure. That was the first time I met you and Tommy. Yeah, probably so. Because <laughs> me and Tommy would be the ones that were actually talking to people. <laughs> Y'all were um, y'all were selling t-shirts or something. All y'all were walking around I'm like, "What's up, guys?" Hey, I'm Zach. You know, that was the first time we met. Hell yeah, I knew it was back in those days. I just, uh, we, I think we played a, probably played a couple of shows together. Maybe I think we did. I thought it was cool. What I liked about you guys was you guys would actually like do y'all's own shows. Y'all were like kind of like anti the scene there for a while, and I thought that was cool as fuck. Well, it got to where uh, the guy, it got to where the scene was getting so segregated. It was getting so clicky, like, yeah. and I, I don't like dividing people that are coming there for a common ground. Right, exactly. Especially newcomers. It's like if we act, <laughs> we act like elitist pricks in our own little cliques, you know. And it just happens that way, especially back in the day. But 
Oh yeah, you always had those two or three guys in every scene that thought they were like the alpha male. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, fuck. I mean, I remember there were used to be so much drama between the Jackson guys. Whenever they would come down there, it was always something with somebody. Him and Hey Caesar. Yeah, I, dude. Oh my god, I was at, I was at the truck stop when it happened, and when I went back down there, it's just like everybody's like, "Oh my god!" Like some shit just happened. I'm like, "Wait, what the fuck did I miss?" <laughs> they were using they were using some of our equipment up there. We weren't playing the show, but I, it was me and my drummer Steven at the time. We were there. Sure. Oh, like they, these kids from Jackson just started a bunch of bullshit, like started throwing cigarettes at the band and stuff. And uh, the guitar player, I think it was Hayes Caesar that was playing. Yeah. I don't remember the kid's name, but he bailed off the stage. I mean, teed off on a guy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, here we go. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. I mean, kudos to him, but I bet they got fucked up. No, Brookhaven held their ground with the boys. Oh, okay. Well, hell yeah. I didn't know if it was like just the band trying to defend. No, no. Everybody stood. Everybody stood behind them. Hey, that's cool though. I was about to say they—they they definitely probably wouldn't have had a choice. Otherwise, they'd have been just sitting there watching them six boys get their asses kicked. Probably. I will say something about Brookhaven, man. That's that's some of the most supportive people. Hey, I love playing up there. Even today, um, I've probably talked to about 25 to 30 people just today that are making reservations and stuff for the, for the hangout on the 26th of June when yep. someone talks about it and they're playing. Hell yeah. Like, blows me away. Like. That's awesome. And I, like, I don't know. It's weird, man. Like, <laughs> like I ain't never, I ain't never really thought about it. Like, damn, these people are really. Taking off work and spending a lot of money on a room. Hey. And, you know, like, if this, if I'm their excuse to have a good time, great, let's go. Dude, you if, know I, if I've learned anything, I've learned, I do know for a fact that you are a man that a lot of people have seen your face. Across, yeah. Across, especially across this part of the state in the triangle in which we were talking about before we started. Yeah, yeah. And something, something to me, and I think that it's something that lingers with me, uh, even now that I'm older. It's like I always wanted when I was younger, I wanted to be able to, you know, talk to people and get to know people just and I would I believe it was a little bit selfish, of course, back in the day, unharnessed teenage potential. And I was just like, man, I want to be it's like if I don't get to be famous everywhere in the world, then at least people will know who I am in Mississippi. Yeah. And if for what it's worth now that I'm older and I'm sure there's still a little bit of that. uh self-centeredness there in me i'm not perfect but in the same breath i like it because now i have relationships with people like from back in the day that it's like i would have never known these people you know if i wouldn't have done music with them and it, oh, the majority of the friends i have like in my life like lifelong friends i wouldn't know them if it wasn't for music yeah yes, and like a, a lot of the places I've been, the cool things I've gotten to do and the cool people I've gotten to meet and all that was just because I picked up a guitar when I was 11. Yeah. You know? I was going to ask you how long you had been playing, man. I started when I was 11 uh, because my brother started and I was like, that may be something I could beat him at. We're five years apart. Oh, wow. And he kicked my ass. I was like, maybe that's it. He's still a savage. But I just think he quit playing when he got married and had kids and stuff. I just, it I can't. It <laughs> does. Life. Yeah. Still, 
Yeah, for for us, it was I got a I got a first act guitar when I was like probably like eleven or twelve, but yeah. like got it for me because I guess I might have said I mean it was it's a typical Christmas birthday you know Christmas gift or whatever like oh he's got a bike and he's got this so a PlayStation so let's get him a guitar and I probably yeah. said something oh I want a guitar or something like that. Yeah. I would just sit there and turn the speaker up really loud and just you know I didn't know what I was doing back then. Well, fast forward three years later, my mom, me and Steven, my brother get into the scene going to shows and all this other shit. And my mom, my dad, before they split, like three or four months before they split up. Keeps trying to fall. It's all good, bro. Oh, yeah. It makes, it makes it more exciting. Yeah. Uh, three or four months before my parents even, before they split up and got a divorce. They, my dad went and bought me and Steven a bass, or he bought him a bass and an amp and bought me a drum set. And that, from there on, it was like, you know, I played drums, I had a drum set, and I played in a couple of little bands or whatever. And then after that, like, I was with friends with some guys from North Pike and some guys I went to church with, really. And we needed, they wanted to start a band. And so we started a band, but we had a drummer. The, the niche was, we we have a German exchange student as our drummer and and it was awesome, but he eventually had to leave. But so I, that's why I learned how to play guitar. I was like, well, I can't play drums in the band because we have a drummer. So I learned how to play guitar for this metal. Yeah, Everything else we got to have him. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like, we, we are going to sound like Nobody shit either way. Fire the foreign guy. What's that? Nobody wants to fire the foreign guy. Yeah, exactly. And he was there to the day he left. Hey, that's commitment. That's that is that is we, how the covenant between us started. My, I don't know if you ever heard of my old band. Uh, yeah, yeah, I remember seeing y'all. Yeah, I was like, said, well, I wouldn't doubt it if we played a show together, but probably more likely we played together in Shaken for sure. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah we shared a stage with Shaken and Blood Time. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and I, I mean, you probably play bass and guitar at this point, huh? Um, I started out. Playing guitar, I wanted to play drums when I was a kid so bad. Dad's a musician, and um, like in our in like in our little area, Franklin County, that's what my family is known for is playing music. Sure. My dad, uncle, always had a band, and his their other brothers had a little gospel group. It was all kind of you know musical influence. But like I used to take naps on the floor monitors during band practice and stuff when I was a little kid. Like I was just raised around music. My dad taught me how to string his guitars when I was five or six years old, so he wouldn't have to fool with it. Like, I thought it was the coolest thing ever, you know? I mean, it probably was, especially at the time. Oh, to me, yeah, he couldn't tell me shit. Like, Hell I was, yeah. Oh, I was the only six year old knew what a telecaster was. Like, yeah, that is awesome. But, uh, it, it might not be that awesome to a six year old who doesn't give a fuck. But <laughs> Hanging out with my dad, you yeah. know. Fuck, fuck that other six-year-old. <laughs> yeah, always close. You know, you want to be like daddy, and I, I, I ended up here. I am. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. But, oh, I ended up playing bass out of necessity, really, because uh, there's there's never been a bunch of bass players, right? Um, ever since I mean, even back in the scene, like every bass player you had played in two bands. Yeah, they were locked up. But um, no, I started I started playing bass with country groups like with my dad's band and stuff. When they didn't have somebody to fill in, I'd I'd pull up and then I kind of got out of music for a while. Um, 
see, I played with Bloodstein, then I went to Burning Winter. We played for a few years. That fizzled out. Uh, it was like some internal conflict with other band members that I had no control over. Hey, I mean. Is this, is this like, okay, we'll just watch the house burn. Like, yeah. All right. I feel yeah. like that, that was more common than not back in the day. Yeah. Um, and like Bloodstone, it was more or less, we were just done, you know, everybody yeah. moving on, doing other projects and, you know, living life. But no, when Burning Winter split, um, I didn't play music on stage for a while from like 2000. Probably 2012 to 2015, I probably got on stage three times. Damn, that's crazy. Like, yeah, and thinking, like, from what I did before that and after that, like, it's nuts, like, to think about it. Right, but it's kind of cool, though. Yeah. But it's, um... It makes for a good story arc. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But it's so different how the scene was then versus now. Oh yeah. Even, even I mean, even the characters involved. Like, there's no metal scene really around here anymore. Dude, it's dead. And it's such a shame. Like, I I, I love that music, but uh, it's just nobody. Nobody. I guess nobody cares. I don't know. I feel like I want to say. I mean, obviously, you probably have you know a band. We're being inconsiderate, but I'm sure there's bands spread out between. But. I, th- I heard that there's a pretty decent little scene down there in, on the coast, but I just don't go down there. I don't go down there either. Now there's uh there's some groups from the Miss Lou area over here around me that uh they play on the coast. I'm trying to think of the name of the venue. Somewhere in Ocean Springs, I bet. Yes, yes, it's somewhere in Ocean Springs, Mississippi. But they're uh I get they just let metal bands come in there and raise hell. I'm and- glad they do. Man, like they got to have places like that. Yeah, I mean, and I, I don't necessarily know that. I, I really do think that what happened, and I could be wrong, but it's almost like, well, you know, and I guess it's two different things. Well, for starters, teenagers stopped being Christians, so they stopped being Christian band metal bands. They all just decided that they, you know, and the churches had a lot to do with our metal scene. Yeah, I like, and that to me, it just seemed like. Like a lot of kids, like it was already like hard to keep afloat to get new people to come in, especially in the smaller towns. It's like, but then when you stopped having shows for some reason, like if you, there was like two years they stopped having shows in Macomb and then it was just dead. Like nobody, cause all the people had moved away or they became dope heads. <laughs> yeah. They just lost interest. Yeah. There you go. I mean, well, they're not necessarily dope heads, but they definitely lost interest. Or became rappers, unfortunately. <laughs> Happens to the best of us. But no, when I when I started back gigging and stuff, I actually I was playing with a. I reached out to a buddy of mine, Jeff Nunnery. Yeah, and this is actually a funny story. So his current bass player at the time was fixing to leave to move to Nashville and play for. Uh, I mean, go to Dark Horse University. So he's like, dude, I actually need a bass player. Um, he's like, what are you doing next weekend? I'm like, well, I guess loading up with y'all. Yeah. So, um, the bass player left and two days later, I started, I played a gig with him. Yeah. And I just started banging them out ever since. Just, and, uh, playing with Big Jeff got my name out with, uh, with a lot 
lot of other because we were sharing shows. I mean, just like we used to do back in the day with metal bands. I mean, country acts and these little solo orders, you know, they'll get together and have three or four bands in a night. Right. And every solo artist wants a band. Sure. That's a good and point. I'll, every time I go sit up and play with somebody, hey, you should come play with me, you should come play with me, yada, yada, yada. And um, some of them I would. Some of them are just like, well. Yeah. My fingers, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I got to work. And yeah. they're, like, they're like, bro, you're playing after me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh. But uh, but no, I started playing with. Boy, that phone just don't want to stay, dude. I'm not gonna lie. If I was gonna use the video for this, that would be hilarious. Hey, you're welcome to it. I really, I might even, I might even just clip that part out and use it as a pro. <laughs> oh shit! But no, um, I started playing with Katie Kenny, <clears throat> and um. Playing with her, I got hooked up with a lot of folks around the Hammond, Ponchatoula, Baton Rouge area. Yeah. And, uh, um, it's just been a weird, it's just been a weird, like, uh, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? Chain of events. Sure. You know, like this happened, had me playing with different folks. Like right now, I play with Sullivan's Hollow, of course. And, uh, I'm actually, this story is going to loop all the way back to Sullivan's Hollow. Sure. Give me a I love the story. Uh, Keep going, man. You're good. So, um, right now I play with Sullivan's Hollow and Victoria Lynn. Victoria is, uh, she's from, she's from Louisiana. She grew up in the Miss Lou area around Roxy, Franklin County area. Sure. Um, super talented chick. She actually plays with Sullivan's Hollow when we do weddings and big events when they want like a six piece band, like a party band type thing. Sure. So, uh, we all play together. Me and Vic's been playing together. She's 20. We started when she was 15. Um, like her mom was like, Hey, she wants to play gigs. Can she ride with you? I'm like, okay, sure. And she started singing. I was like, yes, absolutely. Get in the truck. Yeah. Hell yeah. No, that, I mean, she's one of my best friends now. That's such a weird, it's, that's another thing with music. Like literally 33 years old, my best friend's a 20 year old single mom. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Weird as shit. That's pretty cool though. I mean, it is, it is. Um, so let me back. All right. So I was playing with Katie, started playing with Vic too, still playing with big Jeff. Um, I kind of cut out playing with Katie because she was playing gigs that I just couldn't make. You know what I mean? It was just too much. Sure. So me and Vic started playing together a lot. And then, uh, eventually I got, uh, contacted on, I actually got tagged in a Facebook post and, uh, by Tony Norton, a friend of mine from Brookhaven. He, uh, he's over at Downtown Music Academy. He's one of the guitar repairmen and all that. Yeah. Oh, dude, awesome friend of mine. He works on all of our stuff. But uh, he tagged me in a post that Sammy Cadan made, which is our lead singer. I was like, hey, I'm looking to put together a band. He was like, I need a bass player, drummer, lead guitars. Tony tags me. Sammy contacts me. We meet up and talk, hang out. He's like, all right, we're going to get together and jam on this day show up we're all sitting around talking and the uh rhythm guitarist that shows up is seth cotton at the time he was playing for lane hardy from american idol yeah we, we go to talking and uh we're kind of like giving each other our resumes who all we play we're both hired musicians you know who you play for where you played at yeah and i'd be damned if that ain't the bass player that i took the slot from would be Jeff in 2015 or 16 when he went to Nashville. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, that's the same guy. Same guy. Same, exact same guy. He's just hairier. That's awesome. <laughs> I was funny. Cause, I mean, because the, the story, that part of the story did come all the way around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, like the music scene back when me and you met. Yeah. I feel like people were personally way tighter. Yeah. Now they're, cause like we really revered the bands on stage as kids. Yes, absolutely. Grew up with those guys. You were kind of intimidated by them. You know what I'm saying? You were like, man, these dudes. Yeah, exactly. Like when, before there was Roslyn coming to town, those guys were they're from or probably just like me and you walking through Walmart. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. hey, that guy, what's he do? He plays guitar. And they just keep walking. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. But to us, like, that's the man. Yeah, exactly. Like, those, it's like they're gods. Yeah, and then they went on to be a very successful band, which I'm glad. I'm glad we got to see them back then. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. They definitely uh, did go on. I think they ended up signing with Victory Records, and they had that big album. No. Like, we got to see so much talent back then. Yeah. One thing you did a lot of back then was actual singers. Yeah, that's true. Not in that now, scene, at least. Now, in the overall music scene, everybody's a lead singer. Yeah. Like, screaming is pretty much, like, a very, very specific uh, area now. You, but you rarely, you know, it's almost like the market got so full that people just stopped trying. And I'm sure in big cities, there's probably a thriving market for it. But, like, here in the South, they don't give a fuck no more. They don't no. give I used to get so mad, like, I would go to a bar to hang out, and it'd be this just terrible, terrible cover band playing, and the crowd's going nuts. It's hundreds of people, like, yeah, I'm like, what is wrong with these people? <laughs> yeah, I feel you. I'm just, and and I was, I did, I didn't get it, you know, and I was, and I'd go play with, I'd go hire out country bands and stuff. And like the crowd would just go nuts. I was, I was like, okay, so it's got to be country music or rap to really hype these people up. Yeah, I bet if you, I bet you go into enough bars throughout your life and you just kind of get to see the reactions. I bet that's yeah. What, yeah, it's country music or rap music or don't fucking waste my time. Yeah, that's all. That's all you're gonna hear in in like your in like your uh, more popular spots. You know what I mean? Sure. <laughs> you go into a big bar like Brewski's in Hattiesburg. What are you gonna hear? All night. Country or rap. Unless you got a band in there, that's what you're going to hear. Yeah. That band is going to be country or rap. Yeah, that band is going to be covering country and rap. <laughs> yeah. 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 Dude, oh. I, I'm not going to lie, though. I really like that fucking band, The Prom Nights. I do, too. Oh, um, they're tight. We, we played at Nick's Ice House a while back, yep. and I'm not just playing at Brewski's at the same time. And we pulled up like the last few seconds of the set. Well, Sammy and Chase went on in. I went back to the room. I listened for like two seconds. I was like, these guys are killing it. Went back to the room and I got probably an hour's worth of Snapchats from Chase and Sammy of them watching the band. Yeah. Those guys were savages. I'm like, I wish I'd have went in. <laughs> Dude, I have never, well, I actually, I got a DUI after one of their shows. That's, that's how good of a show it was. That's it what I'm talking about. It's actually pretty funny. It was like me and Brittany had been dating for like four months. <laughs> and like 
me and my boy Tim came down here and we we're going to go watch the prom nights and Brittany's mom was out of town. So we was going to go back to the house and kick it. And, you know, yeah. you know, <laughs> she wasn't my wife at the time. You know, this was, this was, we was four months into our relationship. I was like, hell yeah. I was like, let's rock. And the house ourselves, we're going to get fucked up and we're going to see the prom nights. And then on the way home, I got pulled over and I was like, I told the officer, I said, yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. I have been drinking. Yes, sir. I drank too much. <laughs> Uh-huh. Man, I haven't drank. I haven't been drunk in two years. Oh wow! And like I didn't, I didn't have like an alcohol problem or nothing like that. It's just drinking ain't really my thing. Hey, good. I'm good. I can drink a lot. Yeah, I just uh, the next day yeah, it slows me down way too much. Yeah, I mean, fuck but, it, dude. You seem like a busy man. Busy I, enough. Really? Yeah. Like I, I do lunch work, HVAC, and during the day. I'm crawling attics and stuff like that in Southwest Mississippi. It's not pleasant. Yeah. It's not something you want to do with a hangover either. Exactly. My, uh, my 25th birthday, I was, uh, I was so hungover. I couldn't go to work. Like (laughs) my dad was like, coming. I just looked at him. He just shut the door. (laughs) It's like, what do you want me to say, man? (laughs) Had a birthday to me. (laughs) You know, puking in a bucket by the bed. Yeah, I mean, I've I've been that guy far too many times. Yeah, I just I'm more of a binge guy. Like I'm not like a sit down and drink a beer in the afternoon every day. Yeah, I can't, I don't do that. Like what's, if I start what's the drinking, point? Yeah, yeah, I'm the same way. But I don't even really. I, I Gideon got about a year and a half old, and me and Brittany started having the serious talk about me not you know needing to be drinking around him. Which I don't. I haven't been getting fucked up around him or nothing anyway. But yeah you know, six pack on the weekend and, you know, drink six pack of uh, 16 ounces. If you don't drink that much anymore, you get a good little buzz. I digress. So I, if he goes and stays the night somewhere, I might get me a six pack, but I don't even really drink that much myself, but I don't get out either. It'd be different if I was going out every weekend, I'd probably be a little bit more enticed to, enticed to get wasted. <laughs> like I, I got burnt out on getting smashed every weekend. Yeah. And like, it's just, I it got to where it wasn't fun anymore. Yeah. My thing about it is too, and this could also just be because I'm not rich, but I, to me, it's just not worth the money. No, not. It's like, I, 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 I sweated my ass off to get this money and it could be going to something far more important, like, uh, paying my truck note or feeding my kids. So way cooler than puking in the yard. Yeah. I feel way better. I'll look at it like, or running the risk of getting another DUI. Yeah, I don't even, I don't, there's a handful of what you would call a bar, you know, I guess in Southwest Mississippi, you call it like buddies. I hang out at buddies because like my friends are there. They got good, I'm friends with the, uh, with the owners and the, and the staff. They're all cool folks. Magnolia Blues in Brookhaven and the shack over in Brookhaven. You know, I go hang out. You would call them bars. They're basically restaurants, but I just, I've never, unless there's live music going on, I don't really go to, I don't really go bar hopping and stuff like that. Just yeah. it's not. It's like going to the office on your off time, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. No shit. <laughs> I have enough drunk people grabbing at my beard every day. I don't need, you know, I'm not yeah. going to here for it on my night off. Hell yeah. That makes a lot of sense too. Especially when you think about it like that, you, you know, you probably are doing at least something almost every weekend or so, huh? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I get a weekend off in August. <laughs> Holy shit, that's crazy. Yeah. 
Compared to when we were a year ago, dude, I'm blessed. I'm not mad at all. Yeah, well, I mean, everybody, I mean, I think especially people who have a passion for any kind of art, but, you know, specifically music, uh, to go with the conversation. I mean, everybody wishes they could at least make, especially the older you get, the more you're willing to settle. It's like when you were a kid, you were like, I've got to become a goddamn rock star. And that's the end of the story. <laughs> By the time you're like approaching your thirties, you're like, look, man, I'll be cool with just being able to make some money, some gas money off of this, man. <laughs> something to justify me continuing to do this. <laughs> unless you just, unless you feel like you're too deep, they're like, all right, I ain't got to do this. Or I'm going to look really fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Hey, I gotta take this really serious. I'm a little really stupid. Every every couple of months, when that that meme starts circulating, it's like whenever you're feeling like you're you're missing you're uh, messing up in life. Just remember, there's still a guy from your hometown that wants to be a rapper. Yeah, like, that that meme comes around every couple of months, and the older I get, the heart the the deeper it cuts into my soul. <laughs> All right, now I'm gonna be honest with you. The first time I saw that meme, I thought of you, and I. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. Bro, I get every he's not a bad rapper. Like I was like, like I like I like your stuff. I'm like I'm like, that's not a bad thing. Like Well, no, well of course it's it's funny. I mean obviously it's it's ironic, but it's just one of those because you saying that even more to my point. I get tagged in it. Everybody tag every time it comes in to rotate, <laughs> I just get tagged in. I'm like, I get it, I get it. You know what I get tagged in a bunch is the head banging babies. Yeah. Little kid, I was like, "Here's your future kid, Zach." Okay, I get it. I don't have kids. Get it. That's them saying, "We'll settle if it's a headbanger." Just please have a kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Even if he's weird, yeah. get it done, please. Dude, I don't know why they want more of me, dude. Won't be in the first place. It cracks, <laughs> it cracks me up. It's like always growing up, like family, you know. They're always like, you know, wanting you to do things the right way, get, be responsible, get a job, get married, then have a kid. You know what I'm saying? Like, and my, all, my, my aunt and uncle and my mom and dad, the people who raised me, they were never like super pressing on anything. That's why me and my brother both have been able to be able to live the lives, we, especially when we were teenagers. We were able to do a lot of things and go places that a lot of people weren't. But hey, our kids gave us a lot of freedom. If you want to look back on the stuff we did. Yeah. Like back then, like like oh man, we're not going to talk about it on this. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah no shit. Yeah, like the shit we got away with, dude. Oh yeah. my god. I think I th- that's the the same thought process that I could. I had. I've been arrested three times, and all three times I was just like, well, this could be a lot worse. I was like, I, I can name a few times when this could have been a lot worse of an experience. I did the same thing. It's like I don't know. I don't know how y'all arrested me now, and not at any of these other junctures in my life. Yeah, yeah glad you didn't stop me then. Yeah, man. Yesterday would have been a different fucking story. Glad yeah. all the wrongs run a stop sign. Yeah, no shit. I'll take that ticket, sir. No big deal. Look, I don't wear seatbelts. I have a thing about seatbelts. Yeah. Like I used to work at EMS. I worked in an ambulance, and like I've seen it firsthand. I'm just not a fan of seatbelts. Yeah. Um, I don't want to go out like that, so I don't wear them. I get pulled over from time to time for not having a seatbelt. I'll take that leak. I'll go pay 35 bucks. Right. You know, I really don't think they should push that law on that, on on, on the seatbelt thing. I feel like that's a... If seatbelts are a law, they should just outlaw cigarettes and alcohol and everything. 
You know why I think see, – see, this is what I don't understand. I think the reason why is – okay, I don't necessarily know if I think this, but let me just play devil's advocate here. Okay. Maybe the seatbelts are a reason for like something to do with car insurance. See, I thought that I thought that thought about that fact before. But then there's also what you were saying about the tickets. Like back in the day before everybody was like tripping about the cops. It's like if you got pulled you just were like, Well fuck, I got a, a ticket for, you know, not wearing my seatbelt. Obviously now it seems like it's easier to be like, Why the fuck are you giving me a ticket for not wearing a seatbelt? You know? But it's like maybe like back in like the eighties or something, people were just, and cops would just pull people over and be like, Yeah, give me the money and that's their thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like they got to make their money somehow. So they're like, well, and people just didn't think to be like, fuck you. This is a stupid law. Yeah, I don't know. It just, yeah, the whole seatbelt thing. It's like, oh, man, how are you going to tell me how to live my life, dude? Just let me have a little free. Let me get next to my steering wheel. Yeah. And to me, hey, me personally, I don't ever, I buckle up, but it's just like one of those things, like, I don't think twice about it. Because I've I've never been in a wreck. I've never been a test dummy to see do I like it better this way or do I like it better that way. <laughs> I've been shook around a few times in the car. Yeah, I've we rolled a jeep once, and uh, that was fucking terrifying on Caroline Road in Summit. We rolled a jeep, and we were me and my homeboy Tyler Jackson. We were we were skipping college. Like we were skipping classes at college. Yeah. Mind, mind you, I started college right before I turned 17 because I got my GED and my aunt and uncle were like, if you're going to play music, you got to do this too. And we're like, okay. And that was a thing because I was young and I was playing in a band with a bunch of guys that were older than me. Anyway, right. I was skipping yeah, class. I, was, no. I am 28 years old. Yeah, I knew, I knew you were a little younger than all those guys. Yeah, I, I was younger than most of my peers growing Listen, up. I, me and James were the same age, maybe, but I'm 33. Yeah, James might be a little older than you, to be, but maybe not. I don't know. I know oh, they, were, they were like five years older than me. Yeah. Him and Tommy were the same age. Okay, yeah, Tommy, I think Tommy's a year or two older than me. Yeah. Maybe, maybe me and Dean maybe the same. I don't know. When did you graduate? Oh six. Okay, so Dean graduated in oh seven. So, okay. so you'd be you'd probably you'd be in between James and Dean. Right, right, right. So. There's some because I've run into them, I've run into him when I over at McCall that Tektronics place. Yeah, I used, man, I'm hell on phones. Like I'll bust them down all the time. Yeah, I uh, I th- this phone that I have right now is the longest I've ever had a phone. Really? Yes, I'm also a domesticated domesticated creature now. So. Right, right. That definitely well, pl- plays a big part. I thought broke at work. Like I'll I'll have it in my pocket and have me crawl under a house or something and get on a rock and bust the screen or some shit. Yeah. I wish they'd go back to the Nokia like brick phones. Life is so much simpler. Yeah, we had. A, I mean, back when we had to actually sit down to get on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which I Where mean. Now, now, yeah, yeah, exactly. I was going to say now I, I'm running what I run my all my stuff on is a MacBook from 2011. It just somehow works for me. Yeah. And it's like, but and I say it works for me. It would probably work for anyone. But I just say it works for me because by the grace of God, it allows me to do something like this. Record a Zoom conversation. Yeah. Like and this is the first time I've ever used Zoom. Well, it, it, it's going well. 
so far. I might, I might play it back and it might sound like total horseshit, but it sounds great so far. It is that it will try it again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's always, I mean, I love when I can have a guest on that can talk because then it just leaves open the opportunity for more yeah. episodes with the person. Yeah. Because ultimately this podcast, the whole goal of it is just to be able to have conversations with people. I mean, of yeah. course, I would love for it to turn into something, but it is a uh, it is a glorified passion project right now, for sure. Yeah, I think it's a cool I think it's a cool I've listened to several of your podcasts. Yeah. I uh, uh, I, ha- I have very, very wide spectrum of people on here too. <laughs> me and Wyatt uh at work, Wyatt are drumming with Sullivan's all he also works with. And uh, we're in the truck all day, and we'll get we'll get tired of listening to music. We'll get a fancy podcast. I always listen to Joe Rogan. You know, I, that dude's that's my guy. I love that dude. He's the shit. Uh, but no, we were listening to you last week um, when you mentioned me about doing a podcast. I'm like, hey, let's check his stuff out. Hell yeah! yeah. I was like, he um, I can't remember which one we listened to. I don't know, he got tickled about it. Uh, I can't remember. I slept since <laughs> we got uh. We, oh shit! Oh yeah, I, the, I, right now I'm doing this thing. It's like the road to fifty because I'm on, I'm on, I'm in forty. So I guess it's, I'm counting down to the last ten. And I got a couple of ideas for my uh, for my fiftieth episode, but I don't know. I don't know. Like because part of me thinks, do I want to take it there? Because I could take it there and I could get a lot more people to listen, but there might be a lot of people pissed at me afterwards. Huh? Where are you taking it? I, I I don't know. I, well, okay. I mean, take it there. There's a place. Where's that? There's a there's a person who is a very very polarizing figure, and he's always been a polarizing figure in the the triangle, if you will. But used to it wasn't like polarizing in a bad way. Used to it was like people just thought he was a cool dude because. Okay, do you have you ever heard of a guy named Keith Dalton? Yes. Okay, he used to play in a punk band called Fight to Die, but he also was a promoter and a handful of other things. Yeah. yeah. And he also, he worked, he was, uh, we used to call him Sound Shop Keith because he worked at Sound Shop in Macomb as well. Yes. Yeah. That's where I'm from. Yeah. Back, back in the days when Anthony Washington was the manager there. <laughs> but, uh, but Keith Dalton now he's he he is a person I guess, but he also something that he is very well known for is he's a street preacher. Like he does street preaching like on Bourbon Street and outside of the uh what's it called the abortion clinic. It's not the just the abortion clinic. Planned Parenthood in Jackson. Yeah. So he he sits out and so you can imagine a lot of the same people that he came up with in the scene. He, they have all totally just fucking like fuck you, you fucking shithead. Man, I, yeah, I bet, I bet his, I bet his time on soapbox is intense. Oh man, he because he, or did, he did back in the day. I, was, I ain't seen him in 10, 12, I don't know, however long. Yeah, he, he. I mean, he was the reason why people liked him back in the day was because he was such a passionate dude about music. Like he was yeah. all about supporting people and everything. And it was all about Mississippi. And when they would go on tour, it was like a thing, like we're a Mississippi Christian punk band. And it was like, it just blew people's mind, especially in the punk scene where like everyone is agnostic or atheist or Buddhist or something. Yeah. It's like, so it was always a thing, but I digress. Now he is totally vilified amongst the entire state. Wow. 
they think that he is they think he is like the the reincarnate of like like they think he's like the the epitome of like the worst christian in the world which i mean to be fair i don't necessarily like people going out and standing out with grinded up baby pictures in front of planned parenthood the man has a lot yeah i'm just not really into that i don't think i think that's counterproductive yeah, there. Yeah, there's there's a right way to do. There's a right way to you know stand up to that kind of stuff, you know. And there's an also like, kind of, you need need to take into account. You probably mind your business. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't hurt. That that's my thing on it. Like, if, if I don't have, if I don't, if it don't really affect me a whole lot. Yeah. Like, if I have no emotional connection to the set, I'm just like, all right, well, that that that's what happened. And I 100% agree with you. And he he knows that I disagree with him. But in the same breath, I think to myself, well, it, it's but there's more to him than that. And my thing that what I want to know is I want to know what what was it that transpired between here or between then and now that may have you be inclined to that's the thing because that wasn't that wasn't the thing for you 15 years ago. Why is it the thing now? Yeah. And it would be just interesting to hear it because I have no clue. Personally. I feel it, I I feel like it's if uh I feel like if he would conversate and not preach, you know what I mean? It'd be a very productive podcast. I, I yeah, well, and definitely. I mean, I, I, we I've already talked to him about coming on. Like I feel I, I feel like you should do it. Yeah, I mean, because I think to myself, especially, of course, I, I, I'm, he knows that it's not like he's going to just come on here and preach because it's like yeah. it's not like we're going live in front of a thousand people. I just can edit it or not post it, which I don't really – I edit some stuff in the podcast, but never, you know, it's only to clean it up. It's an hour and a half where you can share your thoughts with your buddy. Yeah, exactly. And and uh, and of course he, I'm sure he has other things to talk about. If nothing else, we could talk about memories from back in the day because I'd be curious to see what his thoughts are on those. Because he wasn't like a, you know, I wouldn't have said even when we hung out with him all day, every day back in the day, and he wouldn't have been anywhere near the top list of people I say bad influences in my life. He was a great influence on me. So yeah, remember him as far as out in public, like he was like a pretty pretty upright dude. Yeah, like, I mean, you know, nowadays I would probably be like, ah, that guy's missing out. But just as a kid, like being, I'm glad I didn't hang out with people, you know, there's a different, I did hang out with hooligans, but that a lot later on in life did we all yeah. kind of become hooligans together. But it was, yeah. it's like, but hanging out with him when I was a young teenager, like him and the, like him and his band, but my brother ended up joining his band later on. But, and so it would, it, to me, it w- it's not only something that would be great content, but it would also mean something for me to be able to have that conversation with him, you know? So, and maybe it would be, be something good for him. Maybe he would be able to look at some things differently too, when he gets to actually sit down and see and hear what other people, you know, people not so quite so bombastic towards him because most people don't give a fuck what he has to say, but they'll listen to it anyway, because they're going to be like, well, what did this fucker say? <laughs> Yeah, that's what they I don't want to hear him. What did he say? And, and, but that's that that's a that's another thing too though, is like people don't realize like when you're a younger musician, how much like people like him influence you. Right. You know what I mean? 
Like I have friends I grew up with that were several years older than me. They can they they kind of took me in as a musician, like teaching me, you know, so showing me new bands, show me how to play with other musicians. Right. You know, that's something that musicians don't learn is how to play. Like how to how to how to fall in with everybody. Man, I, I'll tell you something, I mean, it, it's a little well, it's on topic, but when I was a kid, me and my brother were both homeschooled. Yeah. We were, we were homeschooled. Not my parents weren't like super religious people or nothing, but it was just like one of those things where my brother went to school, he went to kindergarten and in the first grade, he got bullied by some kids. And my dad was like, fuck that taking you out of school. You know, it was just one of those things. Like my dad was a, a hard ass coon ass. And like, it was just one of those things that like, well, fuck that. My wife stays, is going to stay home anyway. It's like, yeah, anyway fuck yeah exactly and so i'm sure my mom wasn't just thrilled about that because i was two years younger than him so i was coming up next too so just got to just homeschool both of us and that's what we did to like the fifth or sixth grade and then family blah 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 but yeah we were pretty much squares like we walked we lived by the high school in macomb so we would walk by the school every day whenever like whenever like school would let out just to see if we could run into like our friends that we met at church or at mini park or something like that. And it's like over time, of course we had a little, uh, that little friend group, but it took my brother starting to go to shows before we like actually got out beyond like fucking Zanga, you know what I'm saying? Like, or like our, our square block in town. Like the friend group I grew up with in Franklin County, I'm still friends with all of like, we're all real tight, but, um, like if it, it wasn't for music. That'd be the only friends I had. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, or I, there's no telling what I would have ended up being into. Like my life is, is entirely, I can think everything good and bad. Well, not, it's, I can think everything good in my life from becoming, since I became a teenager, definitely on music. Yeah. <laughs> like it shaped my personality for sure. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I mean, the point I was trying to make, I'm sorry. I was just saying that when we started that, going to, when we started going to shows that that mold i mean meeting all these people well, having all these experiences molds you as a person man you're a pretty dope guy makes you a pretty cool dude you know and like and if you and if you if you go talk to the guy that's never left his hometown like he works there he eats there he sleeps there i know you know some of them i know i can rattle off 20 right now right definitely okay you talk to him about something, and you go talk to somebody that, you know, hell, just somebody that works in plants, somebody that works on the road. Yeah. Goes out, walks with, socializes. The, the, the direction of your conversations would be totally different. Absolutely. I always like, I always like to, and, you know, some people probably would disagree, but like you talk to some of the like military guys, them motherfuckers are the coolest dudes because like, yeah. Like something that's crazy to me about them is like, cause they don't give a fuck about a lot of the stuff. Most of the, I mean, most of the military people, when they come back from whether, even from just training, usually when they come back from a, a tour, they don't give yeah. a fuck about none of the shit you like that normal people bitch and argue about. No, man, they've been in a whole different world. Yeah. They, they only kind of care about football. They, and they damn sure don't give a fuck what you got to say about politics. They'll be like, yeah. man, I ain't trying to talk about it. <laughs> it's like, it, like there ain't nothing. They probably talk about it amongst each other, but I bet they don't just be talking about it or I, I, they never do around me. Maybe when they get wasted, you hear them, but 
my older brother, my older brother was in the military and, uh, he, he did a tour in Iraq and all that. He, he'd rather talk about fishing and hunting. He's yeah. not, not big on all that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just interesting to me because I guess like without thinking about it too deeply, I guess you would think that they would care the most, you know, like that they would be the main ones. Like they're like, no, this, but it's like, in all honesty, when I think about it and I've never had anybody, you know, from the military explain it to me like this, but I just think to myself, like, maybe it's one of those things where I'm dedicated to do my job either way. It's like, it doesn't, it doesn't make a fuck. Who, no who the president is, that's still the president. He's got a car. Yeah. And He's it's like, him. if they tell me to go, if they tell me to go and my people tell me to go, then I'm going to go. What right or wrong, I'm going to go because this is, you know, this is the best, whatever it is, you're safe, right? It's like, so I got to do what I got to do. Like, yeah. and it's, I guess you could take that either direction, whether it be daunting or pride, you know, whatever it may be. But hey, I respect, I respect people in the military. I know I that's not to sound like a bootlicker, but I'm just saying. <laughs> no, no, and here, here, the main reason why I respect them is because, because these people proudly take a position to take a bullet for a country that only one out of three care about them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, that's some dedication to your, to your country. Yeah, exactly. Appreciate those people that think that much of their country. And I guess think that much of me and the rest of the people here. Right. Or they're just paying for their college, whatever. Yeah. But either way, (laughs) way, thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it. You know, I, uh, I definitely, I definitely have a, uh, it's all, it's been a weird, cause I mean, growing up, it was supercharged, like fuck the war, you know, we need to get out of Afghanistan, you know, and yeah. me being a young teenager, like that was my thing. But yeah. I, for a long time, it's like, I feel like, uh, I, me, just speaking on me specifically, it's like, I blame the military for that. It's like, I blame like that. I would be like, I wouldn't just say fuck the military, but like in my head, it's like, there would be some angst towards like people who were in the military, almost like they were kid, like somehow they fit into the same category as people who went to prep school. It's like, (laughs) you kind of, it's like, you don't really know why you feel that way, but it's like, kind of like, fuck you. (laughs) And I definitely, I straight, I got away from that when I got older and I realized it was probably more of the politician's fault than the soldiers because absolutely, man. Yeah. It's like they, the majority of them have good intentions, you know, like, if man, like I just I could not see my older brother being like a malicious person. You know what I'm saying? Like knowing him personally, you'd be surprised that he's even been to war. Yeah. You know, like unless he talked about it, you'd never know. Yeah. And he don't talk about it much. Like he's he's not a very boastful person, you know? Yeah. It's rare. It's rare that I meet somebody who's just all about telling stories about what the fuck they were doing over there. I mean, occasionally you get some, I got a cousin, like you get him on like a one, one on one conversation and he might, you know, talk about it, but it's like the simple stuff, (laughs) you know, you can tell like he ain't trying to talk about like when they had to fucking press the beepers and shit and have to all load up and get in certain spots and shit. It's like you get like because I know this. Like even if you don't get shot at, if you go out into a situation where it could potentially get hot, can you imagine being in a fucking third world country and you're like, like this shit could go down right now? Yeah, 
that's fucking terrifying to me. And that's why oh. I'm not in the military. <laughs> if if I hadn't been so broke up by the time I graduated high school, I probably would have went. Yeah. I well, you know, I, I thought about like I went I was going to take my ass fab. Mm-hmm. Before in 2012, I was going to take because I wasn't. I was fucking off. I mean, after I stopped playing music, I kind of my direction in life kind of just went. Pfft. I got after. Excuse me, not after I quit playing music. I got kicked out of two bands over the course of two weeks for smoking weed. Damn. Yeah, that's why. I, that's why I uh, don't play or didn't play and shake it anymore. By the way, I had heard that. Yeah, it was like I was definitely public record, but. It's just it was so long ago. I often wonder who, who knew and who didn't. But, um, but no. I, so in 2012, I was going to. I was couch surfing, chilling with the boys. Summertime. Most of us were couch surfing. So at the time, it wasn't exclusively me. <laughs> but uh, and I went to take the ASFAB, and I was, or I had it scheduled to take it. I had gone to the the recruitment office, and they scheduled for me to take it. I was gonna have to get my ear sewn up. But then I ended up going to jail. So, <laughs> dude, I think to myself all the time, I'm like, man, like, because my family was about to more or less just be like, this is this is what you're going to do, you know, but understandably so. I was down with it at the time because I was like, fuck it. You know, at least I'll be able to not have to be here anymore. I thought about it as something like I could brag about maybe. Yeah. But I didn't go. I went to jail instead, and I didn't brag about that until a couple of years later. <laughs> No, it's, it's just crazy. This is crazy how life, how stuff happens, just throws you in a whole different direction. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't even imagine. And see, most people would think to themselves, "Man, what if you would have went there and died?" I'm like, no, man, what if I would have went there and just like lived in like North Carolina or something for the past ten years? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what if I would have went there and like just we did one tour and ended up working in an office somewhere for the army or some shit like. Or right. even if I would have, what if I would have went into active duty and loved that shit? You know, I might have went out there and been like, I'm a fucking, I'm about to go become a, a general in this bitch. I don't it's, think I would have, by the way. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I like, yeah, I like, uh, I like chilling way too much. Yeah. Like, I, 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 thir- I thoroughly believe that every American should have a gun or two, but I mean, I'm. I'm not really that good with them. You know what I'm saying? It's like I'm not that into them or anything. I used to be like an avid shooter. What the time period that I wasn't playing music, gigging and stuff, like I we used to man, we'd burn up some rounds. Yeah. Like a ridiculous amount. Yeah, a lot cheaper then than it is now, that's for sure. Absolutely. Uh I I'm really into uh you know, I like to like fucking record podcast <laughs> and make music i I, uh, I just i'm definitely not i mean i'm gonna have to become a little bit more of an outdoors guy because of my son you know yeah. but like like here the past probably i'd say probably the past eight years or so i ain't really give a shit about being outside unless we were outside drinking and shit yeah like i i'm not saying that i'm necessarily recluse because I mean, I guess I kind of am now, but I, I work and I have a family, so it's not like it doesn't work the same. If, if I was a single man how, cooped up in my home all the time, that'd be kind of weird. Like if yeah. I was just always at home. But I, I digress. I'm not really sure why I was talking about that, but. Whatever. Hey. Here we go. <laughs> so I have a question for you. 
Do you, do you remember what you look like without a beard? I have a picture. Yeah. Yeah, it's a reminder. That's awesome. The reminder of where to never go again? No, a reminder of like, don't get my beard hung up in my drill and shit. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, that's happened a few times. Holy shit. Now, did, did that hurt? Um, it hurt my pride more than anything. Yeah. No, Cause like both time, both, uh, recent times that I've sucked my beard up in the drill, like I caught it before it got all the way to my face yeah. and I was able to like take the bit out of the chuck and kind of get most of my hair out without destroying it, you know, but, um, but now people always ask me what I look like without a beard. And I just, there you go. Boom. I used to work in the prison, the prison on 84 right before you get to uh, Natchez. Yeah. I was for a little while and you had to be clean shaven. So that's, that was the only time in my life that I didn't have a beard that I've been able to have one. You know, like I came out, I came out the womb with one of these motherfuckers. Yeah. That, that's another, that's another meme that you probably get tagged in is the, the babies with the beards. Beards, yes. <laughs> but I do love that, like, I have friends that buy me beard products. Hey. Like, really? Like, my friend Haley got the, got me this, uh, it's like beard wax. It's called Stone Dragon. That stuff is awesome. I don't know where she got it from, but it's dope. I appreciate it. Uh, I bet, you know, I, hey, I got beard oil. Try it. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, fuck it. I don't know if you've ever tried to do this or not, but I bet you could get an endorsement with some company. Well, yeah, I've thought about it. I just don't know. There's so many. Yeah. I mean, I was about to say, it's not like you want to just buy one and buy 30 of them and see which one you like. (laughs) Who's the Nike of beard oil? That's what we need to know. Well, the real question is, do you use beard oil that often? Every day. Okay. I don't. I look like animal off the Muppets. Like my beard, <laughs> all day. Like, I feel you. As I say, well, because you know, some people they just they you know go raw. So yeah, like my dad, like he wakes up, his beard's straight. Like when he lets his grow out, it's he ain't never got fooled with. It. Yeah, mine goes out. Yeah, like Robin Williams and Jumanji. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Just fucking nuts, though. Wow. Yeah. But uh, I've heard I've heard people talk about and I, when I grow mine out, I just I don't put nothing in it. But I usually don't grow it out that long. So, yeah. it's like, but I've got a friend of mine from Macomb, Jeremy Doty. He's he swears by beard oil. He's like, you gotta you gotta do this, bro. I and mean, his beard looks clean as hell, like nice. It's, and, it's like a fro on his chin, on his chin. And actually, like believe it or not, it's 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 easier to keep your beard clean if you got oil in it. Yeah, it makes sense. Food and shit don't stick in it. You just kind of shake it out. <laughs> I, I, was, I was about to say there. There's a, when you grow your beard out. Beard out. It's a different task when you're in the shower. Yeah. Like yeah. You go. There's your beard. You just wet. Put conditioner in it. <laughs> yeah. I have. I have. I have let my. Uh, my hair has gotten long again. So, and this is like the longest it's been in over in probably ten years, and. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, like, damn, I couldn't have the beard and the long hair at the same time. Like, for two reasons. For one, my son would probably be terrified. I'm just kidding. But uh, the, the the second reason is because getting in the shower, man, I forgot how much of a pain in the ass having long hair is when you're showering. Yeah. 
and then trying to dry it off. Like, I just want to put it in a ponytail and leave it there, but you can't. And I remember all those feelings now from back in the day. <laughs> Dude, I feel like such an outcast around the band when they're talking about, like, like these four men will talk about their hair, like what they do every day to it and shit. Yeah. And I'm just there. Like, okay, guys, I get it. You, y'all want me to go pick up lunch or what the fuck? Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's and then great. Our lead guitarist, like, he cannot grow facial hair. Like, it, it's bad. Yeah. There's more, there's more hair on my thumb knuckle than it is on his whole face. Damn. Poor bastard. I got a homeboy. Yeah. He, he, he went four years just trying to grow a goatee. And yeah. it just got, it was just like, I mean, it, you could probably count on two hands how many hairs grew. And I'm like, that's fucking crazy. Like, that's a shame. He tried putting some shit on there too. Like, he just wanted to go T. He wanted to see what he could look like with one, and it just never worked out. If it was really an effort to grow in this beard, I probably wouldn't do it. Yeah, I feel you. You know what I'm saying? Other than like keeping it clean now, like if, if I had to work to grow this son of a bitch, no, I probably wouldn't do it. Yeah. I have to. My hair grows so fast, I have to work to stay clean shaved. Yeah. Like, when I worked at the prison, I had to shave every, damn near every day. At least every other day. Does Do you grow hair everywhere on your head? <laughs> yeah, I'm like a little baby Sasquatch. Damn, that's crazy. So, so what you're saying is, you're bald by choice. Oh, I started going bald when I was like 19. Oh, I got you. I got you. That's what I was saying. When I said everywhere, I was basically meant everywhere on your head. But Oh, oh no, I'm bald uh, like on on like the back of my head. Like it started slicking off when I was 19 or so. Yeah. I had a moment like through high school. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it like it just digressed to like a rooster comb. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was like, where is this shit? Hell yeah. I uh, I don't know. All my boys, between the ages of like eighteen and twenty-five, it's gone. Like they, all their they they lose that in the back, and the hairline gets so far back. My hairline's going back, but I still grow hair all on my head. So I'm like, yeah. fuck it, I'm gonna grow my hair out as long as I, for as long as I can. And when it starts going bald, then I'll lean into cutting it all off. If I had a full head of hair, I wouldn't cut it. Yeah, I fucking love it. It's cool as shit to have, especially. <laughs> Wow, shit. If if I get to if I get to if I get to like dress up and go do something on the rare occasion, I yeah. take my hair down, throw a fucking hat on. I like I try to look like rat rod trash, like but cool, like but clean. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Have my plugs in. My throw on some fucking black straight leg semi skinny jeans, and I'll yeah. be like, let's rock. <laughs> And I done lost some weight too. So, cause I, I, in the past like two years, I've managed to lose like 60 pounds over a long period of time. Man, I was looking at pictures a while back and it was, uh, when we were, when we were in the studio recording the EP, mm-hmm. was dollar, and, um, it was like October of 19 when we started that. We released it in March of 2020. But, um, from the time we recorded it to the, t- and a year later, we were back in the studio, uh, working on the singles that were fixing to release. I had probably lost 65 pounds. I was like 260 the first time, rolled back around. I was less than 200. Yeah, that's awesome. And, uh, like, it was on accident, completely on accident. 
Yeah, and see, I, my thing is the only thing I can contribute it to is maybe like you know a, a large percentage of that is I'm eating more regularly because I have a much more regular schedule, but I also don't drink anywhere near as much beer as I used to. Like I used to drink so much beer. Well, I, I can say because I because I don't drink anymore, but I didn't drink enough then to put weight on. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I don't. You're know, not going, I don't know what it is. <laughs> It's, it's just, but I'm not mad about it by no means. My goal is to get my goal is to get down to like two, like 190, and then when I get down to 190, I'm just gonna like put on like 15 pounds of muscle and call it a day and maintain that. I'm at 195. Yeah, right. I'm like, I think I skipped. I think I weighed myself yesterday. I was like 195 on the money. Yeah. I'm, I'm 205. So like that's that's my shit. I'm trying to get I just because I don't really care about getting like super muscular or nothing, but I just want to look badass before I get old. You know what I'm saying? Like I just want to look like a badass. What? I just want to feel good. Yeah, sure, obviously. Like, damn, you feel good when you shed sixty pounds. Yeah, I mean, walking up and down, and I also quit smoking cigarettes. I don't know if that had anything to do with it because I feel like cigarettes would help you lose weight, but it's like I have I use alternative nicotine products now. Yeah, I have leaned into the my southern side finally, and I have uh, become a dipper, a full time dipper. No <laughs> <laughs> plug in there, cub. Hell yeah! But uh, like, and I'm the guy that like amongst whenever I would be with my friends, even let's just say five years ago, I'd be amongst my friends, and I would put a dip in. They're like, "Man, how you do that when you're drinking?" I'm like, "It's just it's as like you get used to." It. And they're like, "Let me get a dip," and I'd be like, "No, dude." <laughs> yeah, you're gonna get sick. Oh, I used to do it, man, for a long time. I don't know why I quit. I just quit buying shit. Yeah, it's- but I've always, I've always smoked cigarettes. I need to quit, man. I need to quit. It's just gonna kill me. Yeah, it's rare that you find somebody that's like, man, I can't wait to go buy another pack of cigarettes. Most people are like, man, I need to quit. <laughs> yeah, like I need to stop. This is ridiculous. Like, but but right, like not ten minutes before we started this, I was leaving the store from buying two packs. Well, there you go. Yeah. You're I don't not, know why. You're the only one. Huh? I said, I'm sure you're not the only person that was going out and buying two packs of cigarettes. I'm buying three more. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to get my wife to quit smoking cigarettes. But I can't. I don't know how. I don't know how I'm going to tell her. You got to quit smoking cigarettes, but I need you to pick me up a can of Copenhagen while you're at the store. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You got to gotta pick your battles. Because I don't think she's. Play that shit. No, she's not. She's not. <laughs> like, like I know her. She's not gonna play that shit, man. Brittany don't play. Brittany don't play no shit, much less that. Hell no, not some double standard bullshit. Obvious. You know, like, and I can't even. I can't even actually imagine. Like she probably, if I was like, you know what, baby, I think we should both try to quit nicotine. She'd be like, that dip looks so good in your lips, Shane. <laughs> tell, yeah, me, but, tell me some bullshit. She like we should. Just- Congratulations. If you've made it this far, that means that the technical audio issues only bother you so much. Or maybe you're just that dedicated to Zach or myself that you're like, you know what? I'm going to go through the whole thing. And either way, if you made it this far, I appreciate the hell out of it. 
Uh, just wanted to say this episode is brought to you by It's Jared and Manny Anderson. Manny Anderson, thank you so much for your uh, your support of this podcast. I'm sure you probably grow tired of me continuing to thank you on the podcast, but nonetheless. Uh, between you and my compadre Philip Pygate, you guys uh, definitely keep the ship sailing. <laughs> uh, yeah, with your your uh, your support. <laughs> uh, anyway, you guys be sure to go and follow Manny Anderson on social media and check out the song Manny Anderson. <laughs> uh, Manny is a tattoo artist, among many other things. He plays drums. Uh, he makes dank ass memes on occasion. And, uh, yeah, I'm gonna get him on the show. And I've got a business proposition for him. And I hope he hears this. It's not like, okay, it's not like, you know, I, I think me and him should, it's more of a, it's more of a scheme. It's less of a business proposition. It's more of a scheme. I'm gonna hit you up about it, Manny. Anyway, back to the show. Okay, well, I'll go ahead and ask you this question. Um, since, you know, why not? You seem like a you seem like a man who'd be capable of spending money if you had it right. Like if you just got got a bunch of money. I'm really good at fucking money off. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, okay. So a million dollars falls into your lap. The age old question. I know that you and your boys at some point in your life have sat around multiple times and asked yourself, "Man, what would you do if you got a million dollars?" Now, but there's stipulations to it. If you got a million dollars, but just for the sake of keeping the conversation interesting, All right. let's not say that you had invested in something so it could make you more money. Okay. It's like the three you get three wishes, but you can't wish for more wishes kind of thing. Yeah. It's like you pretty much have to fuck off this money. I mean you could buy yourself something like a home or you could buy okay. yourself something like a car. How fucking off are we fucking off? Like, like if I mean, obviously, don't say I'll spend a million dollars plus what I have in my pocket on a spaceship. Because <laughs> that's that, that's a- <laughs> okay. Well, what would you spend a million dollars on? Man, I'd probably buy. I I wouldn't buy like a huge like MTV Cribs home or nothing like that. I mean, you really you really came from that's only a million. Yeah, how's million dollars now? Well, I'd buy me a nice place. You know, I'd get it all set up, paid for. You ain't got to worry about it no more. Yeah, probably a place in some land. Yeah, you know, buy some fucking cows or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess you're right. I mean, because, because, well, and you maybe buy you some toys to roam your property. Would you Would you rather have a big house and a small yard, or a small house and a and a hundred acres? Uh, a decent house in fifty acres. In fifty acres. All right. Why fifty acres? Because I want to. I want to. I mean, if I was going to have a house, I would want to put. Uh, obviously, your typical. Come on. I mean, a million. A million dollars can do you all right if you post up. No, no. I'm talking about in general. Oh well. Okay. If okay. Obviously, if we're just speaking facetiously, I'd want two hundred. You had a shit pile of land. What would you do with it? Uh, I would probably try to build like a small fake western town on it. Very feasible. Yeah, I'm with that. And you could do it literally like as in like like instead of a man cave, you've just got like a man town. And it's like twice a year you and your boys can go out there 
and just be like, all the wives stay home and we're going to get f- fucking we're, twisted. Yeah, we're burning this shit down, you yeah. know, like we're building it every six months. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it takes six months to get ready to burn the fuck down. We have our own miniature burning man. Like, just, like it's like you and like 12 of your homies. Like, it's not even that many of you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just the ones that showed up, the ones that have shit else to do that weekend. You have to. You have to wait to start setting everything on fire at four o'clock in the morning on Sunday. So everybody, yeah. everybody leaves work early Friday and they get go out to the, the little town. And it, you know, you've been planning for it, so it's all, all the little villages packed out with beer and whatever commodities you'd like to have for the weekend. Yeah. And you've got you've got like TVs out there, shitty TVs because they're getting burned down. But you know, you guys hang out there for the whole you know weekend. Yeah, Just you should have. TV. Little VCRs in them. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> so, let's those. Yeah, and then, and then, <laughs> like, you wake up the next day. You guys party, but you wake up the next day, and there's like fucking just paintball guns and shit, like loaded up. Just man, oh, bro, I, bro, paintballs. That was such a cool time. You, you like, it's like you remember that era? <laughs> yeah, I was all about it. I love that shit. Like we had paintball guns, but we never got to go and like have wars. We would just like shoot them at shit. We would shoot them, shoot cars and shit. I was just about to say we would shoot at cars, like from afar in the bushes. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. you got like we we lived it smack dab in the middle of town in Macomb, and yeah, we would man, we would take we would take McDonald's. Okay, this several times we took like McDonald's bags or some kind of bag and we'd put it in the street, but underneath it, we'd stick one of them like tall boy, like glass bottles, like of beer an empty one, of course, but, and we would stick it out in the road. So they would just see the bag and like, you're not paying attention. You just hit the bag and bah, just that big yeah. blow up on the front of their car. And a lot of times it wouldn't do nothing to the car, maybe scratch it a little bit because yeah. it's in the bag. So the glass isn't shattering all over their vehicle. Right. Scare the fuck out of them. Man, we used to get on top of buildings on Main Street in Mabel and shoot cars with paintballs and shit. That's awesome. I'm surprised. Like, I really, like, I'm surprised we all made it this far. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, we, the, there was a guy, it wasn't us that did it, but there was a guy that we hung out with. He was definitely way more of a, a, a badass little kid than we were. But he would, he got a cup of, like his, he got some of his dad's paint and put it in a cup and he put it in the road where we were putting beer bottles, not at the same spot, but by his house. And he got in fucking trouble. Like, cause this paint went all over these people's cars. Of course, we hauled ass home because we were like, what the fuck? And so we weren't there when it happened, but we knew we were not allowed to hang out with this kid for like months. I, I, we only hung out with him a couple more times after that. Hell no, your folks didn't want to paint no fucking cars. Dude, that shit was crazy. We were like, but it was one of those things. It's like we talked about that for like probably till we saw him again. We were like, dude, this everybody we saw in the neighborhood heard that story. <laughs> Man, there was this kid, like, I didn't really know, I didn't really know the guy. But uh he just started going to school with us and uh he like hung out in our little friend group. We were like in junior high, maybe. <laughs> But he wanted to come home with him, you know, go come hang out on the weekend. So my dad took me up there. And the son bitch was trying to break into deer camp. So the road from his house, I'm like, man, I'm out of the house, dude. Like, I really need to theft. 
It's like, fuck oh, this. Right. Yeah. Like, yes, this is why people don't hang out with you. Okay. So, <laughs> so I go back to his grandma's house and I call my dad. Like, I need you to come get me. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, so he got in trouble for all that shit. I never said a word. I never said a word to nobody. I was like, look, y'all just, I'm, I'm out. Yeah. Because we were walking down the road. I was like, what are we doing? He's like, we're going to kick in the door on this camp and get a TV out. I'm like, uh-uh, no. <laughs> I'm like, no, man, I got a TV at home. I don't need that one. No shit. Peer pressure is not getting the best of me today. Uh, I, no, this kid was way dumber than me. He was not talking to me into shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I, like I said, I went back and called my called my dad. I, I, was, I was probably about 11 or 12. I was, I was a young kid. I was like, Dad, can you come get me? He was like, yeah. I was like, I just don't feel like being here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. To me, when we were that young, when we were that young, it was like there was a different level. Like there was a level of like you know you you would do something and that you, if you thought you could get away with it, but then there was those people or those kids, and there's some adults like this that people don't grow out of it, but they just don't care if they get called. They're like yeah. so like it never registers in their head like, and they just are clumsy, dumbass. Like I'm just gonna do whatever. Like and it's like this is a terrible idea. <laughs> Yeah, like why? Like who signed off on this shit? <laughs> who did you did you consult with anybody? It's like this is this is the the, the devil's our, the devil's playground right here, buddy. It's like I have no yeah. interest in this. Well, no, we'll fast forward to old dude breaking into camp. So he got sent off for that shit. I don't know. They sent him to some school or so. I don't know. He come back a few years later. We're still not old enough to drive. Yeah. But he come back to school a few years later, and all of a sudden he's like, "I'm the only person he wants." Like he knows, I guess. Sure. I don't know. Like I was like, I really didn't know the kid, but I knew his, I knew his name. Well, it was pretty abundant. He didn't have very many friends. It, he didn't. But uh, like he he like tried to friend me up again. I'm like, "Hey, buddy, how you doing?" Well, like two days after he come back in town, he shows up at my parents' house. In his grandma PT cruiser. Like I said, we're not all, we don't have driver's licenses yet. Right. I think I was like getting my permit later that year, you know? Yeah. And I was like, and, and I'm like, we're the same age. You ain't got a lot. Like, what are you doing? Like, I'm thinking, I don't know, I'm not asking him this. I'm like, why are you in your grandma's car? Right. It's obviously not the most heinous thing, but it's not the best thing to see right after you got back from wherever you came from. <laughs> Got sent off for stealing shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, ironically enough, he stole his grandma's car, and he come by come by the house like want me to go to Nash's with him. And he lived closer toward Macomb. He lived out in Six Town. Yeah. So that's like the opposite direction Nash's is. <clears throat> when he gets to Nash's, he loads up somebody and they go rob a damn gas station. Oh my god! Yes, I, I'm assuming you didn't go to Natchez with him. No, <laughs> no. He was that person that you knew was gonna fuck up. Yeah, you're like, like you ever been in a bar and you're like, all right, that guy's gonna punch somebody. Yeah. So it was kind of the same scenario, but you're in like seventh grade and you're like, that guy's gonna be in prison a long time. Yeah. I think and there's there's people who have that sixth sense and there's people who don't. 
Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. You are the prime def. That's the prime definition. You are the prime definition in that scenario of someone who does have that sixth sense. <laughs> Dude, I, like every time I was around this kid, I had like a good feeling, right? I didn't want to go to the kid's house that weekend. He broke into them camps. Yeah. But his grandma called my mom was like, hey, my grandson wants Zach to come over. And my mom was like, yeah, I'll get Earl to drop him off. I was like, oh, shit. And it's one of those kind of things that's probably like when you're young, you're like, oh, well, I mean, fuck it, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, like 11, 12. I'm like, yeah, fuck it. We'll check it out. We went to the creek, come back from the creek, and he went to committing felonies. <laughs> I went my ass home. I didn't want nothing to do with it, man. Man, yeah, there's <clears throat> obviously there's a handful of characters that you meet throughout your life or you find yourself around that hold that type of behavioral pattern. There's a yeah. guy, there's a guy, I'm not going to say his name. You probably met him at some point in your life, but there's a guy from Macomb that is that way. And, but he's a, he's a street wanderer. So it's not like he's just out and about, you know, I say a street wanderer. He has a home and so he has a house and provides for himself, but he's like a year or so older than me, but he is that person. It's like, it doesn't matter if it has something to do with the law or if it has something to do with, you know, doing something in the streets or whatever, like uh, one of my favorite pastimes being in the streets. But (laughs) like, it was just one of those things. Like he's the kind of person you catch yourself around and it's like, okay, well we're hanging out. Cool. We have the same social group or whatever, but everybody in this social group knows that you're a fucking sketchmeister. Like you're a shady bastard. And honestly, the only reason that you're probably hanging out with this particular social circle right now is because we give you some sort of security to weasel your way into your next move, whatever it may be, your next completely fucking irrational decision. Yeah. It's just... <laughs> That's and, kind of people, everybody down with them. Yeah. And that, but in, this the kind of people, they don't care if they get caught. We also think that this guy, he has relatives that are definitely uh, like narcotics and police agents in Macomb and Pike County. So it's just one of those kind of things. It's like, well, now we know why you don't care if you get in trouble. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, and you probably won't even get in trouble in the first place. It's just, he's had, the thing is about people like that is you would expect them to eventually it'd be like the last straw for the powers that be that allow them to continue to do what they do. Yeah. But this guy has managed to, if he's gone to jail, it has not been for any length of time. And he is the number one person I would expect to go to jail. And yeah. out of all of my group of friends. I've had some friends that go to prison and they come out like they like it. Like they just never, they just, they would, they just keep going back. Dude, I sat in, I sat in County jail in Alabama for three weeks and it was the worst fucking three weeks of my life. <clears throat> like I'm not, I, I look, I would by no means ever call call myself a pussy. I would also never call myself someone who is interested in spending more than 50 seconds in a jail. <laughs> yeah. Like jail's not supposed to be fun. Yeah, it is. It is the most, I mean, don't get me wrong. I didn't wake up every morning terrified. It just wasn't a good experience. You know what I'm saying? Like it was like I, I met some cool people in there, but it's not like, man, I can't wait to get out and send you guys a letter. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't nothing like that. <laughs> I was also 19 and I, you know, I, I wasn't, I wasn't cut out for that. I was cut out for wearing skinny jeans and fucking letting my hair fall in my eyes and talk shit to people. Yeah. <laughs> you know? 
it uh but like to your point it's like it's odd that there's like some people that go in there and then they come out and they're like man fuck it like let's rock i'm trying to go back yeah i I smoke better dope in jail than i do out here yeah or or fucking they work their way up through the ranks of whatever powers it be and they're comfortable there you know yeah they'd be like the motherfuckers be like yeah i I gotta uh I gotta do some crazy shit before my parole is up. It's like what? <laughs> Y'all have I high school? Wait, what's that? In school suspension? Uh they my friends did. I didn't. <laughs> like they y'all that they y'all had that at your school. Yeah. Well I was homeschooled, but my homeboys did. Okay, well you had people like you like I went to school with people that I think they really liked being in there. They would keep fucking up so they keep getting sent in there. I wonder what the I wonder what the psychology of that is. I don't know. I don't know. Like I, I'm I can't be like I hate being confined against my will. You know what I mean? Like, I, def- I definitely I I barely like it when my boss asks me to do something, much less you know be stuck in a fucking situation where it's like you have to be here, you have to do this. You yeah. Know? Like I'm just I'm halfway kidding about the boss thing. I respect my bosses, but it's just one of those things like when it comes to like authority like that, it's like my wife is the only person who can tell me what to fucking do because my parents didn't tell me what to fucking do when I was a kid. I'm not for better or worse. I'm not saying, you know, whatever, but they had their own thing. So it's like now I was never a dickhead or a disrespectful piece of shit. I was a respectful person, but I'm just saying like I've pretty much been able to free and it's me being allowed to do whatever I, the fuck I want to do is has come with many and many, many consequences as well. I'm not saying that it's just been like, Oh, I'll I do what I want. It's fucking great. But I'm saying now as an adult, I couldn't imagine sitting in fucking jail and enjoying it. Yeah. That would be nuts. And then not to mention you're locked in there and chances are, if you're going to be there for a while, you're going to have to be a sucker for somebody. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. God forbid you become somebody's bitch, you know, like I'm just going to avoid the whole situation. I go to jail. Yeah. I, it, the only, the only things. Only you can prevent your incarceration. <laughs> I was going to say the only things <clears throat> that I could get put in jail for, I can't get put in jail for. So, I mean, it's like also one of those things I look at it now. It's like, hmm, I got arrested for weed one time. I got arrested for pills one time and I got arrested and never was a really big pill guy. I've taken a lot of different pills, but I've never been like, oh, I got to get some more of these kind of guy. We were going to party in Alabama and I had pills on me, but uh, and I got arrested for a DUI. The next one is me kicking somebody's ass over my kid. (laughs) I was like, that's the only way I can justify going back to jail for any reason is if I have to kick somebody's ass over my kid or my wife or try to kick somebody's ass. This is kid. Yeah. Like, I love kids, man. Right. Well, you get what I'm saying, though. It's like, I'm not going to jail for none of that. I ain't going to jail for no fucking DUI. I ain't going to jail for no fucking, well, you probably barely even get a ticket for having weed on you these days. Yeah, like, very few, I think very few people actually go to jail for weed now. Yeah, it's like anytime you see those those busts on Facebook, it's like people with like a cockload of weed. It's like you don't ever see like it's like, are they got weed? They got edibles? They got crack? <laughs> they definitely yeah, like, on meth. Like no, they got the plug. Yeah, <laughs> and then you see like racks of money, and it's like, what are you doing with all this in your car? 
Yeah, like, where are you going? <laughs> Not fucking Walmart. Like, 90% of those people probably got busted because they was pulling up to somebody's house and showing them what they got, and somebody just called the law and ratted on them just to be dickheads. Or they, or somebody's fucking parents, like, found a little nug in their kid's lunchbox. Where'd you get this from? Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, you know? Yeah, just uh, straight up snitching. The one kid they knew they shouldn't have sold to is the one that fucking rats them out. The one fucking got him. That was the kid that wore, like, the bow tie in kindergarten. Yeah. Fucking coward. <laughs> fuck. I always think to myself, now, obviously, I would not condone people being snitches. But you know how sometimes you hear a story and you're like, man, I kind of get it. You know what I'm saying? It's like I kind of understand why he did what he did. And then you've got those people that it's like they get – like they, they give zero pushback. They just immediately are like, oh, <laughs> it was this guy at this time and this guy. And they start giving you out – giving out names like that ain't got nothing to fucking do with what's going on. On top yeah. of the names of the people that they just were doing shit with. It's like you're right on your friends now. No, I think people like that are like, okay, if I get caught, who the fuck can who can I throw under the bus where I can take where I can run with it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I always hated it growing up because you definitely dealt with it more when you were younger. Like if a friend that, you know, comes into the fold or whatever, somebody that is, you know, not one of the day ones, but it's a homie, I guess. And then, like, they get in trouble with some shit because they're new to the game or something like that. And then, like, they're like, oh, well, my mom said I can't hang out with y'all. Or my mom said I can't hang out with nobody. Or, you know, I can't – or it's just like, man, I got to get my shit together. And then you see him hanging out with other people. Truth be told, he, he just was like, oh, well, it was these guys. It's their fault that I was smoking weed or something. It's like, I'm going back to church, and my mom thinks you guys are fucking Satanist. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, sweet man, thanks. Well, now that she's told the whole congregation, I guess we'll just go hang out somewhere else on Wednesday night. Yeah, yeah, the birthday party turned into a fucking intervention. I've, I've always felt like there's a little bit more integrity, and 90% of the time, it's like I'm guilty of whatever it is that you're accusing me of. I took my lick and I went home, you know. Yeah, and it's to me, it's way easier that way. It's like, and there was a one time we have, I have an extended family member, he was a narcotic guy in Macomb. And he's not in my – he's married to someone that my uncle is married to. No, he's married to the cousin of someone that my uncle is married to. And he was always like, hey, if you ever want a job, blah, 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 blah. And my thing was like, absolutely not. But you realize I grew up here? <laughs> it's like if you want me to come work work for narcotic, it's like I would be the best employee you had for about a month and a half, and then I would either be dead or I would have to – You have to slip out. <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. Motherfuckers would. I mean, they're gonna get a whole new name and shit. Yeah, exactly. I'm gonna have to go far away. Yeah, you were way too popular in in Mississippi to like. You ain't moving to Brookhaven. No <laughs> shit. No shit. I'd have to move out to Monticello. <laughs> yeah, in the woods in Monticello. Yeah, I just. I don't know. This, like I said, people people that people that snitch, I, I really think they they already planned on snitching before they had to snitch. Yeah. I mean that makes sense. I always just think to myself, it's like don't get yourself in big enough trouble to where you can't take the lick. You know what I'm saying? Like I was always the friend that took the lick for smelling like cigarettes. Yeah. Like I've smoked my whole life. <laughs> I don't like I'm not proud of it. I just always have. 
No, no, I get it. I mean, when you think about it, I mean, it's funny because I used to think it was crazy when I would hear like adults say I've been smoking since I was 13 or something like that. Yeah. Like I would get older and stuff. And like in my teenage years, I'm like, damn, me and my friends been smoking since we was fucking 14 and 15 and 13 and shit. So you hearing buddies talk about, yeah, my uncle let me hit the weed when I was like 10. Like that sounds crazy to me, but like the older I got, the more common that sound out in the, the sticks. Somebody's uncle got me hit this real quick. I didn't, I didn't start smoking weed till I was uh, 28. Holy shit. Yeah. You started fucking with Joe Rogan is what it was. <laughs> oh man. Um, they told me I had cancer and Oh shit. No, I didn't after a bunch of testing and stuff, but, uh, Hell, I was gonna kill. Like anxiety was gonna kill me before cancer would have. Yeah, it wasn't sleeping, couldn't eat, like just edgy all the time. And I like, I'm not a big fan of going to the doctor and saying, "Hey, I think I'm fucking crazy." Yeah, you know, I don't. I don't like pills. I don't want to be on pills. So yeah, I tried, definitely. and it helped. And then uh come to find out didn't have cancer you know everything was okay so i just fuck it, don't have cancer but weed's still cool yeah yeah still give you a little peace of mind every now and then absolutely hey that but i mean fuck it i'm really glad you didn't have cancer yeah me too yeah <laughs> <laughs> two of us that's two of us Dude, that was a man that was a that was a really eye-opening like three months of my three or four months of my life like it was nuts I bet man like do a lot of reflecting when you might only have 12 weeks to live you know like yeah I mean I can't even I mean I can't I mean obviously I've most people our age have spent a lot of time thinking about or you know I say a lot accumulated over the years you've had those times in your life where you think about death more often than you usually do you know, yeah. and I imagine a time like that, it's just like, what What the fuck else am I supposed to think about? <laughs> right, they're like, don't worry about it. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have cancer? <laughs> yeah. Man. Yeah, like you, yeah, yeah, you get to enjoy the 4th of July. I ain't going to make the fucking Cinco de Mayo. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. You know what I mean? That's what I was looking at. Man, and it's like, uh, it, it sucks because I, and I, and I feel for where I was saying was more or less like I feel for people who get there and it's like, you know, you always, it's always a different vibe when an old person passes away. It's like yeah. if an old person passes away, you're like, you know, I mean, they kind of always make you feel comfortable before they pass away. And yeah. yeah. You know, they're like, they're in a better place. You know, they're happy. They're not hurting no more. Yeah. They lived a long life too. Like they, yeah. they their energy has, has lived on. Yeah. It's like, well, like, if I broke over right now, I'd be okay with it. I've gone pretty hard the last few years. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I feel you. Like, oh, I'd be okay with it. You know, I feel like I've, I've done a lot of stuff that, you know, I really wanted to do before I died. Right. And I kind of think that experience, you know, that I went through motivated me for a lot of the stuff that I'm doing now. Right. I mean, well, I mean, you don't ever know. Literally, like, it. <laughs> Like a few months later, I quit my job. I was like, fuck this. I'm not happy. I went to work, started my own business, went to work for myself. Start, I started, uh, started living for me. You know what I mean? Like I, I quit worrying about everything else. Yeah. I mean, you seem to be, uh, you know, 
I mean, we've only been talking for a little while now, but you seem to be pretty, pretty happy in your position. I mean, I can't really complain at all. Like I have, you know, I have no reason to bitch about nothing. Yeah. And well, you seem like a very capable man as well to, to do whatever it is that you would like to do. So. I I try to be, you know, I try to be able to facilitate what I want to do. You know, I hate stuff. I hate asking for help. Sure. Like that's the, that was the biggest part about working for myself is like, it's hard to run a business like in the office and in the field by yourself. Like it was, it, it took me a long time to, to finally hire somebody to help me. Right. And now I actually have a partner and, you know, and why it works with us, our drummer. And, um, it, 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 it takes a lot to be able to ask for somebody to help. And then I feel like I owe them so much. You know what I mean? For helping me. Cause right. I'm used to doing it by myself. Yeah. <sighs> like three years ago, I was installing three ton, you know, HVAC systems by myself. Holy shit. Yeah. Just go with it. Now, hell no. <laughs> I would oh, say it, 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 that's also not sustainable, like for you to do that by yourself for a long time. No, 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 no. I wouldn't. Be, I, yeah, I, I took some years off my life doing that. Yeah, like I mean, you, you would. Uh, it's like if you set out, if you were set, you better set out for a goal. It's like in an end game, if that's the case, like something new. Because I feel like if you were doing it by yourself, you know, I mean, it's not good. On definitely wouldn't be good on your health to do that for a long period of time. And like, it's definitely not a, it's definitely not a, a, a career with longevity. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're not doing it like that. Mm-hmm. I was about to say, obviously it's a career with longevity, but not sustainable to do on your own. <laughs> no, no, you got, you got to have help, but it's hard, it's hard to ask people for help when you're not used to getting it. You know what I mean? Right. If it's natural in your personality to try to avoid having to ask for help. Yeah, I'm used. To, I'm used to being the one that people ask for help. Right. Like, I don't know. It's weird. A lot of adjusting. You gotta like me and my partner Nick. We're we're both very capable at what we do. Sure. But there's a thousand ways to skin a cat. Yeah. But me and him are constantly double checking each other. Bye, bye. You know, like it's it's. We had, we had to get used to working with with each other again, and all, and then working with Wyatt and all. That. You got to get used to us. You got to have chemistry, you know, doing that kind of work, you know. Right, right, exactly. I always think of it as uh, uh it's like you know, I, you, I don't know if I've ever just seen somebody. You've seen videos, and you've seen people like people. One person hits the hits the nail, and the next person hits the nail, and the next person hits the nail, and it's like kind of just all in sync. Like they have their timing right together and stuff yeah yeah it's like in something like that it's like you have to have chemistry working together like you see i mean and this ain't no disrespect but like when you see like mexicans like all go out and like laying bricks and shit and they're fucking grinding bro that fucking art yeah like oh my god some of the man like you ever looked at like the uh like like some of like the brick streets in mexico and shit yeah that's some of the prettiest architecture. Like it, it is badass. Yeah, I've always, I've always uh, admired some of the creativity. It's like they'll take, like, like they can take. I mean, this obviously isn't exclusive to to Mexican people, but I'm just saying, like, 
You know, the reason I say that is because I was somebody told me to look up a it was a it's a city in Mexico that uh that had like cobblestone type brick yeah. street, but there were designs in them, and I googled it, and I was like, what the hell? I can't remember what it was, but it's, they got like two streets, and it's just like these pretty floral designs in the bricks, you know? Yeah. And it's like red brick and gray. Like it's actually bricks made of different shit. It's not like paint. Yeah. See, that stuff's that stuff's tight to me because it's almost like you know they didn't they didn't just make those. It's like they probably like got that and put it together, and it still made it look badass. Like it's not factory made bricks, which I don't know if they make bricks in a factory, but. Where do they make bricks? I want to say that they make they have machine. Well, I think that they have machines where they can make them on site. I don't know, <laughs> but I've never seen uh, how it's made. As an episode on it, I bet it does. If not, I can assure you that YouTube does. Absolutely, we'll look at that later. <laughs> <laughs> That's our homework before the next uh, episode we do together. Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll 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 touch back on this. And I mean, like, with what I do, I should know where they. You know, I should know this. Like we uh we wire houses. We do we put HVAC systems in, security systems, all that good stuff. Yeah, we're there from start to finish. On you know building a house in and out. Like I should know where the damn bricks come from. But I know they come in on pallets. Yeah, and, like. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, for the longest time, my aunt and uncle they built uh they built their house. They ended up selling it later on, but they built their house. And for the long, like probably like four or five years, there was like a half a pallet of bricks that just sat in the backyard. Yeah, like and it just sat there, like and they would cut around the whole fucking twelve <laughs> of the land would be cut, but those bricks would just sit there and have grass growing up around them. And I don't know why they never did anything with them because it's not like they didn't clean up the yard or anything. It's just the bricks. I'm just thinking back now. Like, why did those bricks stay there for so long? Yeah, why did they never move those fucking bricks? My grandma had a stack of bricks behind her house. I don't know why they were there, but it was it was like a stack of rent. They weren't like neatly stacked. They were just like in the corner in the back of the house, you know, like in the yard. I have a feeling my uncle probably kept him and like had this idea. He was probably going to be like, I'm going to make a, 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 pit, a grill pit out of this or something like that. Like, yeah, or some dumb shit. Yeah. And he probably just never did it, which he it's used to, he used to work 28 on, 28 off, like overseas, uh, offshore. And then he didn't after pretty much most, a lot of people who had those jobs didn't have them anymore. But, uh, yeah. and, but, and so he probably was like, well, next time I come home, next time I come home. And then, you know, eight years go by and it's like, man, fuck those bricks. <laughs> yeah. But if anybody asks, we're going to get on the next inch in. Yes. Yes. If, if anybody asks while I'm gone. Yeah. I mean, if somebody, but I bet you if you'd have moved them fucking bricks, it is shit. Oh, he probably would have been like, whoa. What <laughs> do you bricks go? <laughs> It's like we were gonna build your your grill for you. No, you fuck, you weren't. <laughs> yeah, you lying, motherfucker. Oh. I remember I moved some sheet metal my dad had on the boat shed. I didn't throw it away or nothing. I literally fucking moved it. He came home that evening and was like, "What are you? What? What are you doing? Where's my sheet?" I'm like, "This shit has been piled up here 
for fucking three years. <laughs> I put it around back, Sanford and Son. You know what I mean? Like, look like a fucking job. How you gonna have a second sheet metal in front of a twenty thousand dollar boat? I don't know. It doesn't look good in pictures. Priorities, man. Come on. Oh my god, that's great. <laughs> you know. I'm talking shit. Hell, I looked at it too. <laughs> I mean, hey, I would you would you buy a boat with your million dollars? I'm not a big boat guy. I mean, I'm not either. I would um I know you got a whip in mind. I've always wanted a Plymouth Prowler. I don't know why. That is definitely a random car, but it is. It is. But I used to have one as a little hot wheel. I've always wanted one. I, I just you. thought this fucking car. You feel like Batman driving that shit. I bet you could hunt one down and get it looking real nice if you had that kind of cash. Yeah, absolutely. I get Plymouth to fucking open back up and make me one. <laughs> yeah, like, maybe. A 2021. <laughs> 2021 Prowler. <laughs> Dude, that would be but, I mean, I, what Would I look out of place coming down Hardy Street to Prowler? <clears throat> I mean, you would look special. With the top back. No, like if you saw me in a Prowler, would, I, would that look odd to you? I mean, I would definitely. I, I, I think it would. you would look clean in one. I feel like I would rock the shit out of one. Yeah. It's kind of hard not to rock a Prowler. They're pretty dope cars, I feel like. I mean, they are pretty cool, especially no, if you have a clean one. And nobody has one around here anyway. <clears throat> I'm not sure that I've ever seen one in person. <laughs> I've seen one in Baton Rouge. I've seen one in Memphis. And that's like in my life. Yeah, I could but, easily believe you saw one in Memphis. Do what? I said I could easily believe you saw one in Memphis. Oh, yeah. It was just parked on Bill Street. Yeah. <laughs> Man, you, this is a total odd change of topic. Have you ever been to the Bill Street Music Festival? Not, not the Bill Street, no. Yeah, they have like, it's like, they call it like Memphis in May or something like that. I've been to, I've been to a Memphis in May, like, I went to like one night one year and then one night the next year. Yeah. Yeah, we but were, like, I didn't buy the tickets, so I did I just rode yeah. somebody. <laughs> my well, I haven't. I've never. I've only been once, but we went for the whole weekend, and we, this is when we were like. I mean, I'm pretty sure I was like ten or eleven, but my parents took us. And I'm sorry that I keep digging in my eye. I got something in my eye. Uh, my parents took us, and we got man. And I was too young. I remember the experience, but I don't really remember. Like I know we saw Kansas, we saw Cheryl Crow. But we yeah. also saw uh, Kenny Wayne Shepherd and Hootie and the Blowfish. See, like one of the earliest shows I remember was uh, it was somewhere in the Washington D.C. area. That's where I was born here, and then my parents moved to North Northern Virginia when I was like a year. Moved back when I was like nine. But uh, we were up there. It was some kind of festival going on. I don't remember what it was. I was a little fella. <clears throat> but I remember on top, I remember sitting on top of my dad's shoulders and uh, watching Blues Traveler. Oh man! And like I remember that John Hopper. That was when he was like the biggest, like he was, he got or whatever. You know what I mean? Old fat guy wailing on the harmonica. I didn't even know. I thought he was just blowing in his hand. I didn't know what the fuck he was doing. Yeah. 
I was like, how does it sound like that, Dad? It was like it's a harmonica. But no, I'm, I remember watching that, and I was just like, whoa. Man, like, that, that was the era. Because it's like growing up, like my dad, you know, it was Stevie Ray Vaughan. It was Kenny Wayne Shepherd, Or it was like Hootie and the Blowfish. Like, and, and Blues Traveler. Like, because that album, stand, stand the phone. That, that, yeah. And that, I think that was the same album that had Runaround on it. Yeah. And like we listened to that, that was, you know, we throw that CD on, like we would put it on in the living room with the big, you know, big ass old school speakers and shit or whatever. Like, and like, and that was what was so, they played, uh, I don't think he made the next year. No 90s living room was complete without a big obnoxious fucking radio system that their dad found somewhere. Either that or he spent so much money on it that your mom was pissed at him about it. Yeah. And, but it was, it, it was usually both. He's like, he went to a pawn shop and still spent too much fucking money on it. Yeah. Yeah. My dad had one, like, it was a record player. It had an eight track player and it had a cassette player. And then, like, in the mid nineties, he got the, uh, like the Walkman before it was the pocket Walkman. It was like the big black one that velcroed to your floorboard. Yeah, and you little cord that went to the cassette adapter thing into your. That's what that's what we played CDs on on that thing. That's awesome. But I but like it sat in a storage room for several years, and then I got I got really into music, and I wanted a big ass stereo to listen to my music really fucking loud. Yeah, so I dug all this raggedy shit out of the storage room and hooked it all up. Like I don't know, how I didn't burn the fucking house down with this shit. I was about to say, did it still work? Yeah. <laughs> and like, I would find like my friends, like parents would have like an old stereo and I'm like, can I have this old speakers? Like, yeah. So I'd take those, I'd take them home and hook them motherfuckers in. Hell yeah. Like if somebody would have walked into that room in 2021, they would think I was a tweaker. <laughs> <laughs> like you put speakers and wire everywhere and like pictures of metal band, like Slipknot and Deftones and shit stapled all over the walls. Yeah. Man, good times. Man, the 90s was such a cool 90s and like early 2000s. To me, that's like my favorite era in, era in music because, I mean, we experienced it. Yeah, that's true. Like, I remember I was watching the news when Cobain, when, uh, Cobain died. Like, I remember seeing it at my babysitter's house. See, that's crazy. <clears throat> like, I remember all that shit. I remember, shit, you know, that, that makes me think about, I was pretty sure I was either 10 or, no, I was 10 years old, I believe. No, might have been nine. I was, yeah, I would have been nine. But when 9-11 happened. I was, trying to think, I was in sixth or seventh grade. Because I was, I, I was born in 92, so I think that would I was born in 92, so I think that would have made me nine. Yeah. I was I at my grandmother's house. Shut down that day. <laughs> yeah. Like, fuck. I never, like, when I was a kid, I didn't really comprehend, like, how wild that was. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. We had no clue. I, like, and see what was crazy. It didn't hit me until I got home from school. And my, see, my older brother was in, had just went to boot camp. He was at camp, uh, no, he's at Fort Benning in Georgia. Yeah. Um, and like my parents are freaking the fuck out because like 
he literally signed up to pay for college. Like he's going to go to boot camp and do his two years of co-land and live his life and never have to do anything. And then boom, we're going to fucking war. Yeah. Like, Merry Christmas, motherfuckers. Yeah. No, like I come home from school and my dad was like, my dad was home. I'm like, Whoa, fuck. Like dad don't get home till five. Like what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, like I walk in and my both my parents are on the phone with my brother. Like they let him call home. My mom's freaking out. And that's when they that's when they explained to me like what's going on. I'm like, oh shit. And even then, I didn't really. I took it seriously because they all do. You know, you're a kid. You don't really know, right? You don't comprehend that. You know, you don't comprehend how bad that is. You know. Yeah. No shit. I mean, I, I remember. I remember when that happened and I, my mom and my dad were in Jackson because in 2000, my dad had a stroke, but we were, and he, you know, he had to go to the doctor periodically after that, but they were in Jackson. I mean, he was Gucci more or less, but his equilibrium was just thrown off after that, after that happened. But, uh, like they were in Jackson and like my mom, I remember my mom calling my grandmother cause we were at my grandmother's and we were watching it on TV. Just like, what the fuck is this? You know, like, this is crazy. But it was like, like I said, we were young. So it was just one of those things. Like, of course my grandmother was like glued to the TV too. And then yeah. my mom called and was like, Hey, we're on our way home. You know, like we're, we're fuck this doctor's appointment. Like we're on our way to the house. And I still just, I still re- just remember thinking to myself, like, well, is this that big of a deal that you have to not go to the doctor? Even that young, I was just like, well, why would you cancel out? And like, I was like, damn, what the fuck's going on? And I remember it like it, it might have been a while afterwards, but I don't feel like it was that long. We were staying at my grandmother's house again, like however many months or weeks later. And them motherfuckers were it. It had the CNN and Fox News was showing them motherfuckers starting the war in Afghanistan. Like they just started showing whether we were bombing Baghdad. It was like the first night, like, like this is when we are going. And it was, I, showing. was that, was that before or after nine 11? That was after nine 11 because it, it was, they bombed, they bombed us or whatever, or they dropped, drove the planes into the tower. And then however yeah. many weeks, you know, George Bush did his big old speech sometime a day or so later. And the entire country was like, yes, Let's go to fucking war. Like everybody was a hundred percent down with the clown. Like fuck this. We're going to fuck some shit up. And how, how do you think the country was would respond now if that happened? If somebody did, if somebody did a nine eleven to us, it, it really. I think that everybody would. I don't, I don't want to say that everybody would, but. If somebody did a 9-11 style attack to us for real, for real, I'm not talking about some motherfuckers LARPing and breaking into the, you know, Congress, you know, some Americans pissed off. I'm talking about like a real tear, like some real shit from overseas. I think most of us would probably be like, fuck it. We need to do what we got to do. And I, I say that, it, but the problem is the thing that, to give a little, I guess, play devil's advocate is most of us would think that we did something to deserve that. Like you, that we don't know about is what I'm saying. Like our government went and did yeah. some fucked up like, shit. That didn't what, tell us. Dude, some off, you know? Yeah. And it's like, and that was probably the case with nine 11 too, which I still don't think that that's the best way to retaliate. I would expect for us to retaliate the same way we did. But now that I'm older, I think, well, I wonder why those fuckers drove that bitch into the twin towers. Yeah. 
It's like, I'm not one of those people. I'm all about cracking jokes and stuff, but I'm not one of those people that thinks that George Bush actually planned 9-11, you know, like. Well, I mean, you got to think that like in our, in our, like in our logical realm of thinking, you know, like you really got to piss me off to fly a fucking airplane into your shit. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like what, 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 what started all of it? Yeah, because I mean, you killed a lot of people that didn't have anything to do with nothing. Not a damn thing. It was going to work. Yeah, and and I try to refrain from believing in the whole like motherfuckers will let some crazy shit happen just so they can do something else. You know, it's like, but in the same breath, it's like, well, I mean, damn, there's more than enough evidence to say that you guys kind of knew that this shit was going to happen, like yeah. that, that we had pushed enough buttons for this to happen, and y'all were so amped and jumped and ready to go straight over to Afghanistan. Like that was a problem to me because apparently, and especially later on when I got older and you find out that like his dad would brought us to Afghanistan in the first place too. And it's like, yeah. well, well, you know, and then now here they say that it wasn't even Afghan, Afghani terrorist that drove the planes and it was Saudi Arabian people. And that's stuff that's apparently open, like declassified information. It's like, it's, yeah. it's out in the open. And I think to myself, I was like, well, wait, well, what the fuck did they have? And maybe there is a connection there that I just don't know. That is also, yeah. you know, open information. But it's like. <laughs> it's a fucking weird world we live in, dude. Yeah. And, you know, and here I am. I think to myself, the, more, the more I think about that stuff, the easier it is to just go down the rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. Here's what bothers me. And this is all I'll say about it. The government admits there's fucking aliens and nobody gives a shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I need to see some pictures. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to see this evidence. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I don't know if you've heard recently they, they released some information about, of course, there's these like uh, a lot of UFO sightings more so than usual, but – there was off the coast of, I believe, California, which is where a lot of the freaky shit happens. But the aircraft, an aircraft or battleships, like a small fleet of them or whatever, they got surrounded by these giant fucking like triangular floating drone like things. And they had no idea, they had no fucking clue what they were, where they came from. This is information that just got actually openly publicly released by the government that and the, the ships couldn't identify them and couldn't pick them up on their radar. So they started hauling ass back inward, like inland, back to one of their bases or whatever. And these fucking drones followed them. Hell yeah, they're gonna follow them. They What's followed the them. They, they followed them all the way back and they just hovered there. And when it became daylight, they left. And when it got dark again, they came back for a week straight. And they still have no fucking clue, allegedly. They have no fucking clue. The Navy, though. And there's people who, of course, you know, there's a lot. Oh, of- I would have shot at one of them motherfuckers. Yeah, like eventually you got to let it go. Just oh. <laughs> I'm not a patient person. Like, why are you looking at me? <laughs> I'd be like, are you here to get some laundry detergent or what? You want some fucking sugar or what, dude? Like. Yeah. So, but it, it, there's a lot of people who say that it's possible that there's just a, you know, something that's you know, 
it's all compartmentalized. Like say these people might not be privy to this information that in the intelligence department, it could be something of ours, but we can't tell them that it's something of ours because then foreign agencies will know. And you know, all this other stuff or vice versa. It could be a foreign agency that we're like, well, fuck we've been duped, you know, and they don't want to tell us who who it is that has it, you know, just they're doing enough to terrify the fuck out of the Navy. That's for sure. All of a sudden, some third world country takes over the world with their fucking space fleet. Yeah, yeah. We'd be like, what? Look, that's the kind of year I'm looking forward to. I mean, damn, 2020 was weird. Yeah, yeah. Straight out of a a fiction novel, for sure. Man. Everything got turned upside down, dude. Yeah. And you know what, man? My entire life, I've always been like, man, I can't wait. Well, I say my entire life. Up until about five or six years ago, I was like, man, I can't wait to, you know, grow up and move out of Mississippi. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to go do something like, or I might come back when I'm older, but I'm going to leave Mississippi. Man, I have never been so grateful to live in last place in, in everything state in Mississippi than I was last year. I was so fucking, I was like, man, if I lived in one of these big cities, I would die. Bro, no, I'd be in prison. Yeah. <laughs> I would flip my sh- Lock me in my motherfucking house for that long. Yeah. Then make me wear it. I can't wear a mask. Like, it really, it, like, it gives me bad anxiety. I don't know why. Hey, I feel I just, you. I just can't stand hats. I don't like, I don't wear hats. I, it's hard for me to wear sunglasses. I hate wearing stuff on my head. Yeah. Just weird about that. I don't know why. But, yeah, uh. That's fair. Not my thing. <laughs> Dude, and then these motherfuckers, like, it's like nothing, like, it's not as bad as they got in China in some places, but, like, in, like, Los Angeles and New York and shit, them motherfuckers was for real, dude. Like, they was, like, like locking motherfuckers in jail for leaving their houses in some places. Yeah. Like, they, that was some crazy shit. And we were fucking day drinking on stimulus checks. Yeah. I mean, and it's like, what's funny, and, and it's not funny, but you know, they did the whole, the stimulus checks or whatever. And like, you know, so many people would get like, like, fuck man. Like you think anywhere else in the country, $1,200 ain't shit. You know what I'm saying? You can't like, that's not even a whole month's rent in Chicago. Like, and, but here in the South, man, it's like, well, we, most of us really didn't lose out on too much opportunity to make some money. You know what I'm saying? Like my job shut down for all of like a month and a half when it was like, you know, we all thought we were going to die. Yeah. And then, and then it was one of those things. It's like, well, it looks like we can live and people are still ordering t-shirts. So let's uh, go back to work. And, but we still got stimulus checks. Yeah. (laughs) And it was like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I wasn't about to send mine away or send it back or, you know, give it to donate it to charity. Because, I mean, fuck, I could use the money. It's not like I make a shitload of money. I'm just saying, like, in comparison, it's like, I didn't really need that. Like, I didn't, you didn't have to send me that, but I'm really glad you did. <laughs> like, the biggest thing that sucks is how much it crippled the fast food industry. Oh, my God. And the restaurants and shit. Bro, yeah. Well, I say that service industry in yeah. general. Yeah. Like, and every other day, I'm looking on Facebook, and I'm seeing where people are like, we are closing because we don't have workers. Oh. Employees, they're making more money on unemployment. Yeah, that's a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. If I've ever heard of one, yeah. 
Like how, but it's, it's one of those kind of things. It's like, it's incredibly justified to an extent because it's like, well, fuck dude. Why do these people work at a restaurant? And if they work on a Monday shift, they're kind of dicked. You know what I'm saying? It's like, because you know, they're not going to make that much money and they have to go out here and get treated like shit. You know what I'm saying? So if the government is literally going, I'm not just trying to justify people. Of course I want people to have work ethic and go out and work and strive to be the best person they can be. But in the same breath, bro, like, why not? I'm, I'm working double shifts and barely getting by. I could fucking sit at home and take care of my kid or fuck off or fuck off and get paid by the government. Yeah. It's like, I mean, whether you've got, whether you're doing it for good reasons or you're doing it for total, just, Hey, fuck it. I lucked out and got this job and now I'm getting paid all this money and I plan on quitting that job in two weeks anyway. It's like, but now the government is going to pay me to do whatever the fuck I want. You're not getting drug tested. You don't have to go apply for a job. You don't have to do shit. Wake up breathing. Yeah. It's like, and you know, that's crazy to me. I mean, and like I said, for some people, it probably is like a blessing to them. But for me, in my head, I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, man, I couldn't imagine. For one, I'd go nuts just sitting at the house all the time. And I guess also to that point, though, it probably makes more sense for people. It probably makes more sense for people who live in big cities because they can't even go out and work. Yeah. 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 I'm not a big city person anyway. I don't mind visiting a few days, but. Like, especially driving in cities. Yeah. Fuck that. Bro. Hardy Street, the red lights just pissed me off. Yeah. <laughs> Franklin County has two. <laughs> and that's too much. And we don't need them. Yeah. Well, six months. <laughs> ain't nobody died. <laughs> you know, like, fuck. We don't, like, people, people are stupid, but they're not that goddamn stupid. I mean, shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no shit. Oh, shit. Well, hey, bro, I think I'm going to uh, wrap this up, bro. All right, man. It's good talk, dude. Dude, this has been awesome. I would love for you to plug yourself and plug the band before we get out of here, though. Um, Yeah, check us out. Uh, we're on all platforms, pretty much. Sullivan's Hollow out of Natchez, Mississippi. Uh, also, check out Victoria Lynn. That's the other fine musician I play with. Um, check out JT McCaffrey, Cody Dunaway, uh, Crawford Stevens. There's a plethora of musicians and talent in Southwest Mississippi and uh, Louisiana, Miss Lou area, man. Y'all check us out. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'll be sure it's, it goes without saying, but I'll uh, definitely be tagging you and like all kinds of shit when the podcast comes out. So all of you guys be sure to follow this man and oh, absolutely, man. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best to uh, try and get y'all's monthly listeners up, baby. Hey, Cause I really, I've been listening to some of your podcasts, man. I really enjoy them. Like ever since putting them out, I was like, man, this is a cool thing. Yeah, I always tell people, I say, look, man, if you listen to an episode and it's not really your thing, well, just go to the next one. I'd be like, give it three tries because chances are you'll land on something that you want to hear. <laughs> Somebody's gonna really like hearing our ignorant ram- rambling. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just- 
absolutely. And I always think of it something that's interesting when I get to do an episode with someone who I uh, am not just like really close friends with. It's always yeah. interesting for people who may know you or may know me or may know both of us, but one or the other a little more. And they're like, oh, it's cool listening to them talk. You know, it's like those few that amount of people is almost enough for me just for them to get because i like listening to my friends talk you know it's like i i would i wish there was more people that i knew that did podcasts so i could just hear the conversations i a lot of people say man i'm gonna do a podcast i'm gonna do that you made once you made one post on facebook like i think i'm gonna do a podcast next thing i see bam organic poison here we go i'm like finally somebody's fucking doing it <laughs> i mean and you know, if if I've never been able to do much of anything, I had definitely been able to talk. So, yeah. And I also kind of look at it as you know, two or three, three or four podcasts is more time than the amount of songs I've probably recorded as a rapper. Yeah, like, you get two podcasts out there that are an hour and a half, two hours long, and then you think about a song that's like four minutes tops you know as a rap song and it's like I've, I've if nothing else my son will have something to listen to and be like damn my dad was quite the degenerate <laughs> yeah. he talked to some cool people even better there you go and i mean it's it's nice to be able to share experiences and talk about things and you know shoot the shit so yeah and it's I'll, i always enjoy chat dude like that's why that's another big thing like going to shows man the people you meet like different backgrounds and all that. It's that. That's my favorite part is like meeting and talking to people and shit. Right. Learn to, you know, they, they tell you this random story that you probably don't care about, but you still listen. You're like, damn, that's cool. Like, yeah. All right. Awesome. You know? Yeah, exactly. We met a guy in uh, Birmingham, Alabama one time at this hole in the wall bar. And this guy's name was steel beam. And he showed us his ID and everything. His name was Steel Beam. Hell yeah. He was an older guy. Had to, all the way down to the third button was unbuttoned. He didn't give a fuck. And his name was Steel Beam. And I was like, I wonder how many like old chicks he picks up with that name. Hell yeah. You know, he was laying the fucking Steel Beam down. <laughs> you got to be a savage with a name like that. It's like a boy named Sue, you know. You ain't got no choice. Right, right, right. <laughs> Yeah, you. I mean, yeah. Put up or shut up, big guy. Like, yeah. that's awesome, man. Well, uh, I'm gonna uh, pause the recording. Yeah, no, we, we definitely got to do it again, brother. I'm. A, I'm. A, I would love to have you back on. And I'm quite sure that the fans will as well. The guests, the the peers that listen. Yeah, our buddy, our buddies are seeing what we're doing with our lives. Yeah, all seven of our friends that listen to the, the episode. <laughs> Look, if this, if this wasn't potentially a big broadcast, I'd name all of you by name. <laughs> well, I've been down this road a time or two. Yeah. I ain't so proud, I can't say. Every time I see you out somewhere, you act like you don't know my name. Oh, yeah. Organic Poison Podcast. I guess it's lost out there in the atmosphere. I guess it's time for me to change. Yeah, for something so familiar.
Oh, thank you.